Welcome to Betamax Rewind, the only podcast that doesn't have a problem dropping a gigantic bomb on your apocalyptic wasteland. Here are two guys that don't know when to shut the up when it comes to rhythmic puckering. Matt and Doug. Lots of takes to get that apocalyptic (laughs) pronounced correctly. (laughs) And she still kind of fucked it up. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) It's like me trying to say algorithm. Yeah. You so, know what I mean. So basically what you're saying is... Jay! <laughs> fucked up. Yeah. But I suppose right we should up, probably introduce right ourselves. Bat. Yeah. So. Yep. Hi, I'm Matt. I'm a radar technician. And of course on the other side... Oh God, here comes Doug. He just got a race car bed and now I'm going to have to hear about it. <laughs> so how's it going, Doug? I'm great, man. How are you? I can't complain getting towards the end of the year as like businesses kind of ramping down only negative part of that is my contract also runs out in two weeks but uh not that concerned about it because nobody wants my job so (laughs) there's safety in that you're essential i'm not essential it's just i'm the only person that understands what it is that i do because i kind of work in a vacuum on an island by myself and i actually had a conversation with my boss about that today and he said yeah there's nobody else that knows what you do so that'd be kind of difficult to be replaced so it's like yay that's good for me yeah I always refer to you as my friend who's like Chandler Bing. <laughs> Nobody really knows what you do. I'm a transponster. Yes, there you go. So, so we're ready to, to jump into it? Let's jump right into it. And now, it's time for podcast housekeeping. So, we're either getting better at this, or we're becoming a little bit more dull and boring and just kind of recycling the last few jokes that we always do. I don't, I don't have a whole lot for housekeeping this week, kind of like last week. I have a few things, and one of them is actually going back a few weeks. I just actually bothered to get off my ass to pull it. So I, I have a few things, and I'll go ahead and drop my pen, but I'll, I'll start. And I had talked about the, um, the moment you see somebody die inside videos, and yeah. I had sent you a specific clip at least it was supposed to be queued up to a particular clip, but basically what it is is it's this man and this woman arguing in a car. But I want to I want to play this clip for you, and I want you to listen closely because I want you to listen to the woman crying. Okay. Okay. All right. You got me fucked up. I told you to unfollow that bitch. You put heart emojis under her fucking picture. Man, it was that but a damn picture. Why are you following her? Why are you? Why are you following her? You got me fucked up. You nigga. keep up. You keep up. You ain't gonna do no shit. No more dick. No more dick. No more dick. Just... No more dick. Keep no more dick. Keep talking. No more dick. No more dick. Say another word. No more dick. That was for the crime. Now I said that told you and them but a damn picture. Now you sit back and shut up or you won't get no more dick. You hungry? What you want to eat? McDonald's? Chick-fil-A? She's just scared to talk. All right then. You know, the thing with just about, I would say 75% of the internet is it's a work. There's so many things that you watch and you're just like, eh, it's such a work. I buy that though, um, because I don't think they could act. And just the frustration on her face where she wants to say something so bad. Sure. But it, it, it makes me think of two things. Number one, thank God I do not have to date. Because I can't imagine having to deal with that kind of bullshit. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's bullshit in any relationship, whether you're married or whether you're dating. But that kind of bullshit I don't have to deal with. And the second part is, I don't think I can use that as a trump card. Because your missus has a, a drawer full of dildos and vibrators <laughs> that she can just revert to? I just think that, you know, taking Eugene off the table is not going to move the needle as far as winning an argument no. for me. <laughs> it certainly would not with my missus as well. So, um you had brought up the game Dig Dug. So I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll pull a cool soundbite from Dig Dug. And this is what I got. Yep. That's that Dig Dug. Ho- that was horrible, man. How did we survive the 80s? Well, it's 8-bit. You know, it, it is... And you think about it, the games that were arcade games there are basically the, the games that you play on your phone now because they're short... 30 second two minute games they're they're quick hitters but it, you go to you play games on like an xbox or a playstation and these are games that have 90 hours for you to complete them so it, it's just a completely different marketplace than it was back then sure you bet. Uh, one of the things i'd mentioned several times is the idea of talking about joey from friends where he has to pick between two things mm-hmm. and I, I i referenced this clip okay joe i gotta ask the girl from the Xerox place, buck naked, or, or a big tub of jam. Put your hands together. <laughs> and so, side it note. Was not, it was not a meatball sandwich. No, it was not. It was, it was a tub of jam. And that actually, that character, the, the girl from the copy place, actually ended up playing a very significant role in Friends, even though she only appeared in two episodes. Yeah, she's the chick that Ross banged when they were on a break. Correct. Yes, exactly right. We talked about the seven deadly sins, and I remember the seven deadly sins from the movie Seven, so I'm going to name them off. Is there any chance that as I name off that deadly sin, you can tell me how that person was killed in the movie Seven? Uh, For one or two of them. It's been a long time. I saw it in the theater. I don't think I've seen it since then. Really? It's one of those movies that you walked out of and you were like, was I supposed to like that? <laughs> it, was, it was just, it was very weird, because that's a Fincher film, right? Yeah, that was his breakout film. Yeah, it, it was after he was coming off of Alien 3, I think, was the one he did before <laughs> yes. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we'll go, we'll start with Gluttony. Gluttony, that's the guy that eats himself to death. Yes. Sloth? That is the, the guy that eats himself to death. No, that's the it's the drug dealer that he keeps alive for like a year. Okay. That just keep pumping him full of heroin on a daily basis. Uh, lust. Uh, I don't know the rest of them, so you can. <laughs> okay, lust is the this is right up your alley where he makes this guy wear a strap on with like a chainsaw blade, and then he makes him fuck a chick. Okay. Uh, greed. That's a like a rich stockbroker that he makes kill himself. Pride is where he pours battery acid on a girl's face. And okay, that one I remember. Tapes a phone or glues a phone in one hand and a bottle of pills in the other. Uh, envy. No, and then these two. Oh, okay. I saw you with the box. Who's in the box? Because I envy your normal life. Put the gun down, baby. It seems that envy is my sin. Oh, what's in the box? And then Wrath, which is where Brad Pitt shoots Kevin Spacey's character. Right. And I believe, if I'm correct, Kevin Spacey was not actually listed in on the poster or 
in like the pre movie credits. No, correct, because they wanted him, his character to be a surprise. Right, and one of the things that I actually did look it up, Avarice is kind of like super great. Yes, yeah, I looked that up as well. So I was not incorrect. Avarice and greed are somewhat interchangeable there. Correct, yes. So one of the things that has come out across the podcast over the 31 episodes we've done before this one, or the 30 that I've done, the 31 that you've done, mm-hmm. is that <laughs> I've been accused of being a liar from time to time. Um, so I'm going to play a, a quick clip here. Have you ever had a girl do that? You know, you've had women kind of lead you upstairs, downstairs, whatever. No, I've no, they haven't bled me do that move. So you've never had a girl take your hand and put it on her boob? No. Really? Really? Surprising. Okay, I, I'm going to give you a chance to recant that. I honestly, I don't remember. If, the, if it's something that I said in a, in a previous podcast, I honestly don't remember having a girl take my hand and put it on her boob. Her boob or anywhere else. Okay. I remember okay. being in a strip club in... in oh, well, okay. Yeah. Okay. The she same episode. Yeah. Put it in her... She basically went to third base, and yep. she was, you know, wetter than wet. Okay, okay. What? It's, it's awesome that you bring that up, because I forgot to mention that the chick that did that was wearing braces. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, I was trying to figure out the comedian that you could compare to Amy Schumer that was a male that kind of was funny and then people realized, well, you're not funny. And that would have been Dane Cook. That would have been my guess for who you were going to say, yeah. Yeah. And also, is Chevy Chase funny or is he just written funny? Um, so here, here's my long-winded answer to that is they, they being the, the, the royal they, refer to the first couple seasons of Saturday Night Live as the golden age. And they, they refer to the not ready for primetime players as like the best cast ever. Mm-hmm. If you ever actually watch those episodes, it is just like Saturday Night Live is today. There's some really funny stuff in there that's just surrounded by a bunch of shit. Okay. And Chevy Chase was kind of the breakout character. But his bit was basically falling down, and yes. I'm Chevy Chase, and you're not. I think that he has been in a lot of funny movies, but I wouldn't say that he necessarily is funny, is that he has been in movies that were funny. Maybe he has good comedic timing? I would say that, yeah, that's it. Okay. So that is what I had for um, for housekeeping. Oh. But, but by the way, um, th- there was a specific reason why I pulled that clip from last episode, is that's not the first time you've said something in a podcast and then later in the same podcast contradicted what you oh, said. Well, I'm a horrible person. You know, you're, <laughs> you're just a liar. Uh, um, you had made reference to all the women, the, the survey that you would put out there as to how women put on bras, and you said the majority of them put them on where they clip on the front and then turn them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my missus doesn't do that. She just kind of she slaps it on. And with the straps and then hooks it in the back. So. Okay, so based on the fact that we have established the fact that you're a liar, I'm going to have to see some proof of that, Doug. Oh, well, <laughs> so she's been, she works from home, and when she works from home, all she does is she wears sports bras. There's no reason for her to put on a regular underwire bra. And 
I had to ask her, could you put a bra on for me? And she's like, uh, why? I'm like, uh, she'll research. She's like, oh, great. You're going to talk about me putting a bra on the podcast? Yeah, I am. Uh-huh. So, yeah, she, 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 she was a champ. She took one for the team. All right. So, back in the day, when, when Doug was out on the town, out on the prowl, how adept were you at bra removal? Oh, piece of cake, man. You could do the two-finger? No, not the two-finger. Uh, it, it was always a two-hand, two-handed oh, thing. Amateur yeah. hour. Well, sorry. I mean, it's you know, something. You're going in there blind. Sometimes you don't know if it's one hook, two hooks, three hooks, or the little latch. Yeah. Well, it, the 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 only thing that really ever caused me problems was the front, because the front has like the 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 twist and lift. Yes. And I remember I was dating this girl, and we were in our spot that we would go to park during dates. And I reach around back, and then she just starts laughing. I'm like, fucking bitch. <laughs> she did this on purpose. And she just thought it was the funniest thing ever. Of course she did. Yeah. Because women are horrible. <laughs> Doug's words, not mine. Okay. Awkward pause. <laughs> so next. Hey, Matt and Doug, what have you been up to? What is new since the last episode? It seems like there should be another verse there, Doug. I know, but you know what? You don't want the theme songs to go too long. Yeah, like a recurring drum. Right. Yes. And that would not that would not be on me. That would be on you. Okay. So I actually was over at my parents' house and they're kind of clearing out some old stuff and they were going through, Hey, is there anything in this section of the basement that you want? And I went through there and I found a VCR and I haven't had a functional VCR in, I don't know how long. And I asked if it worked and they said, yeah, it works. So I, I took the VCR home and I have a thing that I can connect to the VCR so I can basically convert videotapes to MP4 so I can play them on, on the computer or whatever. And I was going through and I found, you know, lots of stuff that whatever, but I found some stuff that had been from video cameras and things like that. And I actually found a a thing that was from a party at your house. Really? And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And I actually, I was somehow, I was the one that was, uh, you know, recording stuff and I was going around from this person to this person. We were looking for you because you, were, you weren't around. Which there had been a couple times where you disappeared in the middle of a party whenever. But you were actually in the middle of hooking up. Really? I I need to see this video clip. And I actually pulled some audio from it where it plays like your closing thing before you get down to business. Okay. You want to hear it? I would love to hear this, yes. Because it's going to be a big lie. I want the wiener and then the balls. <laughs> that was a long setup for that. <laughs> yes, it was. So there's really no clip of the party. No, there's not. Okay, you're a dick. <laughs> you dick. Yeah. Um, so do you still have the fifth season of Mad About You on VHS? <laughs> no, I actually, I've never seen an episode of Mad About You. Oh, it wasn't bad. It was, it was all right. Um, so with the Cub Scouts, we have to do this thing annually called rechartering, and it's basically getting yourself reestablished, 
making sure all your members are there, you have all your leaders, everybody's trained properly, and then you have to submit this paperwork and a big giant fat check for dues to the National Boy Scouts of America. And it's a nonprofit organization, so they obviously do not do things well and efficiently. And it's a complete pain in the ass. Normally, you just get a packet of paper, you fill some things out, you check some things off, and you turn it back in with your check. And this year, it's, oh, well, we're not handing you the packet. You have to print everything off. And the way that they do it is it's about eight or nine different PDFs that you have to print from. And then, oh, we also want you to do the online version. So it's a lot of redundancy. And it's just a pain in the ass. It's hours of my time. And if things, especially on the online version, if things are just right, I have to start over. And it's, I'm thinking to myself, why am I a volunteer? Why am I doing this? This is making so much busy work. You would think that they would have something streamlined where you just click a button and boom, you're done. But no, they've got to make it as difficult as possible. You do it because it's, it's a thing that you do with your kids. Of course, of course. But you would think that an organization that's been around for a hundred and some years would have figured it out by now. Some of the paperwork that I get that I had to print off, you could just tell that it's from a very old computer program. Okay. So that would have been a good thing that grinds your gears. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well. Yes. So do you remember when you got your driver's license? I do. So in... It- Actually, the, the, can I tell you? The night, the day that I got my driver's license, that night was the first time that I touched a boob. Wow. Wow. Yeah. 16. How about that? You were 16 or she was 16? I was 16. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, she was, a, she was the, the, the instructor or, you know, she was the one testing you. That's how you right. passed. Right. But it, at God, least how God, I remember it. God rest her soul. <laughs> Probably. Yes. <laughs> but have you, actually, I'm not even going to ask that question. Um, come on. Come on. Have you slept with anybody that's dead? Uh, I, not that I know of. Oh, yeah. I, I can think of at least three. Wow. Yeah. I know of one for sure. Well, one of them died of old age. That's <laughs> the, <laughs> the unfortunate truth. <laughs> when I was 24 and I was dating a 47-year-old, that was okay. bad. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, but wh- as I remember it, and correct me if I'm wrong, because we grew up close to each other, the same state, close to the same age, so the rules have been roughly the same. You could get your temps at 15 and a half. That is correct. And you had to take your class, your classroom instruction before you could get your temps. That is also correct. And then once you had your temps, you had your on the road. And at least for me, it was with somebody from the school who actually did it. And he'd take us to get his dry cleaning and stuff like that. Mr. Thompson. Yeah, there you go. We would go to his house where I think he... He could go and, get a handy. Or he'd go take a dump. And we would always change. He always had it on WKTI, which was like the pop channel. Mm-hmm. And we would always turn it to Laser, the rock channel. And he would come back in and turn it back to KTI. And I remember being in the car with my brother one time where before I listened to rock, I listened to pop. And I wanted to listen to KTI. And he's like, nope. When you're the driver, you're in charge of the radio. And I was completely shot down with the driver driving instructor that I did not get to control the uh, radio. And in fact, he told myself and my co-driver, Noah, he said, I will, I will be very surprised if either one of you get your license on the first try. Did you? Oh, absolutely. We I, both aced it. 
I did not. Are you serious? It was somebody blew a stop sign and I almost hit him and it wasn't my fault. Okay. But that was enough to, you know, it was something that was out of my control. But I did all the hard things like the the parallel parking and the wide turn and all the rest of that stuff. And where, what did you test? Did you test in Waukesha? Yeah. And, and I had to drive around downtown Waukesha. I did not have to parallel park. Okay. Driving around downtown Waukesha sucks. At oh, least yes. it used to. I don't know if it No, it does. still does. It still does. But the reason I bring this up is I have one son who has his temps now. And you take you get your temps before you take the, the classroom instruction here, which is weird. And now, oh, do you still is it still done through the school? No, it's not done okay. through the school. Yeah. And now it has to be done online. When my older son got it, he could do it either in a classroom or online. But now it has to be online because of the because of Corona and you are only allowed to do so many hours of it a day. The computer will lock you out of it. And there's so many hours that you have to do. And he is taking forever to do it. Like he's had his temps and he's had access to start the online classroom for weeks now. And I think he's done a half an hour total of his 20 or so hours that he has to do of instruction. And my wife keeps on asking me to take him out driving. Like if he can't be bothered to, sit on a computer and fake his way through the online classes, he's not taking this serious enough for me to get behind the wheel with him. I completely agree with that. And I think they have a limited amount of time to complete the online course as well. Yeah, it's six months. Okay. Last thing about driving for kids is do they have the you only can have one person in the car that's not in your family until you're 17 rule in Wisconsin? Yes. Yes, they do. I believe they do. Uh, I may be completely wrong, but I'm pretty sure that that's the case. Because I remember before I was 17, having like 12 people in oh, my yeah. car. Oh, yeah. No, no. I mean, and think about it. At least for the way I remember things when we were kids, it was safer to have more people in the car. Because if you had a designated driver, then that was one person driving around five people rather than four cars. Because there's no way everybody is going to not drink. It's just we were idiots. And so it's just, and plus it's, it's probably will include an increase in teen pregnancy because did you ever double date? Oh yeah. A bunch of times. Okay. Okay. There you go. Okay. Back to you. Uh, So I bet I do the majority of the Christmas shopping for the boys and including last year, we've done pretty much all of it online. My wife just kind of throws her hands up. Because she's like, I, you have, we have boys, and I don't know what to get for boys. Because she's tried getting some stuff, and they'll open it on Christmas morning and just be like, Neh. "What's this shit?" <laughs> yeah, Neh. and I'll even tell her, I'm like, "Why did you buy that? They're not going to have any interest in that." Uh, so I mean, they both make lists. You know, my oldest does not believe in Santa Claus. My youngest still does, uh, and we're kind of hoping that this will be the last year because I'm tired of of lying. But we don't we don't make a big deal out of Santa Claus. We don't go see Santa Claus. We don't make a big deal. We do St. Nick on December 6th. That's mm-hmm. a Catholic thing. You guys, did you guys do St. Nick? We did that growing up. Uh, Jen didn't do it. So I don't, I think we might have done it from time to time, but we, we can't really do it right now because we have nothing to give them right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what do you, buy, what, what would, what do you buy your boys for Christmas? Usually there's like one big thing. Okay. And then there's uh, smaller things. Like there's been times when it was an Xbox console Console was like the larger thing. And of course, that's a case of you're saying it weird. Um, and then like last year, I got my oldest uh, a 3D printer, like a good 3D printer, an expensive 3D printer. 
Okay. And, and we try to do like one big thing and then a bunch of, of small things. This yeah. this year, the younger one is getting weights, which by the way, weights are super, super fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. And we don't know for – and even if he listened to this, he wouldn't. But he, he knows that. And that's the other thing. It's like his stuff is coming early and he thinks that he can just start using it. It's like it's not fucking Christmas yet. It's like, well, you want to start getting big now. Okay, whatever <laughs> start do some push-ups junior yeah but you know we, yeah. we, we spread it out and we ask them for what they want and there are things like a, we talked about the legos from china we've done that a couple times as well for like sure. the big lego sets that are you know a couple hundred bucks yeah i mean i found a you know a set a 300 dollars set for 110 bucks from the chinese website and it's it, the reason why it was 300 is because it's been discontinued for I don't know, seven or eight years, but it was one that he really wanted. But yeah, I mean, it's easy for us because it's Matchbox Car Track, it's Legos, it's puzzles, it's games, it's books, it's video games. It's, I mean, what do you drop on each kid? Oh, it, it varies, you know, probably 500. Yeah, that's, we try and do about 500 each also. Um, you ever have to, you ever like, uh, do you guys line it up the night before and realize, oh shit, we're, we're missing you know, yes. one, one kid is really getting fucked here. <laughs> well, we usually do it the week before. We will wrap the week before. And then you know, there's one place in the house that we can hide stuff. And it's a closet that has the sump crock and some other things in it. And I, I, I put a 45-pound dumbbell in front of the door so they can't open it. But they know it's in there. Mm-hmm. And it's a little, been a little bit diff- difficult this week because both of my kids have been virtual all week just because we... At Thanksgiving, I mentioned that my brother and his pack of many showed up, and they are not really responsible when it comes to going in public and seeing people and wearing masks, so we mm-hmm. just decided it would be the responsible thing for us to have our kids home, just in case they were sick, which they're not, um, but of course, everything Amazon is coming this week, and every time a box comes to the door, what's that, Dad? What's that? None of your goddamn business. <laughs> Yeah, somebody, I think it was the youngest one, asked me about what was in a box. And I said, it, and I had to figure it out. It's like N-O-Y-F-B. That's what it is. <laughs> and then All right. my wife's like, what is that? And then my youngest said, none of your fucking business. <laughs> but and- last thing on the Christmas pieces, last year, we were when we were doing it, because of the printer, because the printer was kind of expensive, we realized that the younger one was kind of getting fucked. And we're just like, oh God, what can we, what can we get them? And we ended up, it was either a Apple watch or the AirPods. We we threw that on, which was, you know, a quick $150 hitter Mm -hmm. that kind of even the score. Okay. Yeah. Because they, you know, my kids don't keep track money wise, but they keep track of, oh, you've got eight presents and I've got eight presents. That's where it has to be the same. Whereas my oldest, he's, he's definitely getting outspent. Or he, I should say, we're spending more on my oldest than we are on my youngest. But they have, we have, the number of presents has to be equal. See, my at least my oldest would actually go onto Amazon and Ugh. look each thing up, and then look at the total and figure out exactly what it is. That's just dad. Kind of... <laughs> you got fucked. You fucked me, Dad. He wouldn't say that. The youngest one would say that. Okay. Uh, but the last thing I have is, you know, what really grinds my gears. My kids are back in virtual learning um, because of Ohio being such a shit show when it comes to Corona right now. And 
one of them, the youngest one, will come down and he will make himself an omelet every day. And then he will just leave a uh, frying pan and a plate half full of eggs just out for the rats to get. (laughs) And I figured, okay, maybe he's going to come back and get it. And two hours later, this plate that was half full of eggs was just still sitting on the island. And so finally I, I grabbed the plate and I poured it in my dog's bowl. And, and he he gobbled it down, but I told him it's like you got to stop fucking doing this. It, it it's great that you're cooking because it means I don't have to, but you have to clean up. Why? Because we don't want mice. We don't have mice. We don't now. If you keep leaving food out all the fucking time, we will. Right. Yeah. Have and that's what them, really grinds my gears. Have you called him a filthy animal? No, I have not. Okay. Uh, oh. you, you just say idiot. You know what? You know what drives me. You know what grinds my gears. You know what really grinds my gears. When my oh, she did it. She must have heard me. When my missus comes downstairs and turns the light on to grab something out of the refrigerator and then goes back upstairs and leaves the light on. See, I'm in like a dark basement with just a small set of bar lights set very dimly above me, and I want the rest of it to be dark. And any extra light drives me crazy. So, and that's what really grinds my gears. Do you exchange Christmas presents with your missus? Yes. Do you surprise her with, like, you know, modular furniture for sex or a giant (laughs) dildo? Or is it stuff that you just, like, need? Uh, It is a a mix of what it is. I usually, I come up with one big functional thing. And a lot of times it's not just for her. It's for, like, the family. Okay. Something that, and sometimes it's something that, she doesn't think we need, but I think we need. And then other times it is something that we've talked about. But I think it was last year or the year before I got a new printer um, for the family, which is something that we needed because we had we print a lot of stuff and needed a good color laser printer and scanner and stuff like that. And it's come in handy working from home. But so the, I always try to do something like that. And then lots of like little things. Every year I get her one of those giant, like super ridiculously large candy boxes. No. (laughs) The Whitman's, you know, the yellow box that, but it's like two feet long by a foot tall and has like 200 pieces of candy. I always get one of those and then I try to get her little odds and ends. Are there things that you buy her that that she can't open up in front of the children? Probably. (laughs) Yeah, see, it's, we've kind of exclusively gone to... Just get me stuff that I need. Because if there's something that we want, we just go just out and buy it. it. Yeah. We just get it. But I think it's important that our children, especially as young as they are, see mom and dad exchanging presents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, like last year I got her a food mixer and a scale. And this year I'm getting her, you know, like a Lazy Susan for the, the kitchen table and a, a measuring cup. It, just things that we need. And for me, she's like, well, what do you need? I'm like, I don't need anything. I mean, I would like a couple of new pocket knives and a a camp axe and, you know, other cool things like that. So I just go on Amazon and put shit in my wish list and let her get whatever she wants. Do you guys use the same Amazon account? Yes, we do. So we do as well. Um, And I have to go out and I have... When you go out and you're searching through stuff on Amazon, it leaves the things that you recently looked at in like your recently viewed items and you have to go through and individually delete those. Okay. And 
if you're buying somebody a gift, you don't want them to know what you bought. So I have to go through and remove those all the time. Yeah, but you know what? When I go on Amazon, I'm just going there. I am I am task driven. I am going to I'm going there with something in mind and I just I don't look at anything else. I just type in what I need and it takes me to that. No, so that's not the way we are. I get the since the Amazon account is mine, I get a text message every time something is is ordered from Amazon. Sure. And we will both be at my parents' house talking to my parents and my phone will buzz, so I'll I'll pick it up and I'll look at it. It'll be like, your Amazon order has been received. And I look over at her. It's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> she, she's over there just ordering like Roombas and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Am I not important to you that you, you're that bored that you, you're shopping on Amazon? All right. Enough of what you're up to. Time for Sound of the Week. What's that sound? That sound. What's that sound? That sound. What's that sound? That sound. What's that sound? Oh. All right, so because Matt's the bottom this week, I got to pick the sound. That's and you only sent me one, so yeah. There's really not much of a reveal. You're either going to get it or you're not going to get it, and then I'll tell you what it is. Okay. Okay, I don't know what it is. Okay. That's Uncle Buck's car when he's <laughs> dropping the kids off at the school. Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Oh, okay. But rather than playing the wrong buzzer, I'm just going to play this. Dude, Matt straight up sucks. That's from the same clip as... Yeah, uh, that's what made me think of it. Yeah, okay. remember when you sent me clips, I said, yeah, I have to get a couple additional clips based on the things that you sent me. That was one of them. Yeah, it was either going to be, hi, I'm Matt, I'm the new radar technician, or... Matt, I want my muffin, Matt. <laughs> yeah, with the unfunny woman from Ghostbusters. Yes. Well, that actually isn't descriptive enough. One of the unfunny women from Ghostbusters. <laughs> right. From the unfunniest movie ever? It is not a good movie. No, it's not. All right, I'm thirsty. Put it in your mouth. Slide it on down your waiting throat. Swish it around or swallow it down. Because I'm thirsty for some booze. You know, you should just put the drinking songs on a rotation also. A randomizer. I'll have to... I could do that. I'd have to find the other ones. But I, I, I haven't deleted them except for... The only podcasts I don't have all the clips for are like the first three. I think everything okay. beyond that I still have. And it's easy enough to find and I could do that. I can, I can do that. Sure, I can do Okay. That. All right. Because there's a lot of drinking songs. Okay. All right. Do you want to go first this week? Uh, sure, I can go first. I am drinking a Monaco Cocktail Blue Crush, which is a premium mixed drink made with vodka, gin, rum, tequila, and blue Krakow. And I lost Doug, so I will wait for him to get back on. It has natural and artificial flavors, and it is 9% alcohol by volume. And it is a 12-ounce thing, but it does say that it actually has two shots in every drink. And I'm going to go ahead and take a drink. It says that Doug is waiting, so I'm assuming he's going to be joining back here in a second. Okay. 
Oh, that's actually pretty good. Oh God, you're gonna get hammered, aren't you? It's it's got multiple shots in every can. Oh and God, it, and it's pretty good. <laughs> How many cans do you have lined up? I have um, I only have four drinks tonight, and oh. but that is probably about eight drinks across those four drinks. Okay, good thing it's my movie. I'll be doing most of the talking tonight. Okay, I'm drinking a Bell's Two Hearted Ale. Uh, it's, it's an American IPA from Comstock. Michigan. Can you hear the pour? Mm-hmm. All right. Ooh, that's nice and bitter. Mm. Five finger chef kiss. Mwah. Isn't that just called a a, a fist? <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, Matt. It's called a fist. All right, time for a little movie talk. Yep. No bed this week. I was going to use the bed that I found for Flash Dance, but opted not to. They're from the 80s, yo. Let's talk about all the good things and the bad things from that show. Let's talk about movies. Wait a second before you jump in. Okay. Uh, there is something that Doug has introduced, which I, I listened to actually after he said he didn't know where it went. And I thought that it actually was an interesting idea. So at the beginning of every movie, or maybe we'll do it at the end, but for this week, we'll oh, do it at the well. beginning. Let me play this clip. And this is what we're going to talk about for each movie that we do going forward. Oh, this may sound silly to you, but kids go completely ape if you do three things in a picture. Defy authority, destroy property, and take people's clothes off. Okay, so... so by, any, by any chance, do you know what movie that's from? No. I saw it as a kid. Oh, uh, Summer School? No, it's Sweet Liberty with Alan Alda, where he writes a historical novel about the Revolutionary War, and then some company buys it and turns it into a comedy, and they come to his hometown to film it and just completely butcher the script. I, I know what the poster for it looks like, but I've never seen it. Okay, all right. Anyways, carry on, my friend. So does it meet the does the Road Warrior meet these three criteria? Defy authority. There's really not any authority left. No, there's really not any authority left. But yes, destroy property and remove clothing. Yes, it does. It does two of the three. So we get. There you go. There you go. All right. So. Like I said, I'm a top this week, this week, so it's my week to do the movie, and I picked The Road Warrior. Released May 23rd, 1982, had a Rotten Tomatoes critic score of 98%, with an audience score of 85%, voted the 93rd greatest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly. It was written and directed by George Miller. He was the, orig- the director of the original Mad Max. In fact, in Australia, this was called Mad Max 2, The Road Warrior, but because the original Mad Max was not released theatrically in America, it was just referred to as The Road Warrior. He also did its sequel, uh, Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! <laughs> Casting Tina Turner in that movie was about as interesting of a selection for actress as Grace Jones was in Conan the Destroyer. And wasn't she in A View to a Kill, too? She was, yeah. And I think she was in 
Oh God! What was the movie with Eddie Murphy and the fashion magazine? Oh, um, Boomerang. 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 That was uh, Halle Berry's first major role. Robin Givens too, wasn't it? Robin Givens was in it, but Halle Berry was the the love interest. Okay. Uh, he also did the 2013 film Mad Max Fury Road, which had a different actor. Did you see that by any chance? I have it. I've seen the beginning of it. I've heard that it is one of the best movies ever, and I've gotten about 20 minutes into it. Yeah. Um, so that was in my mild pot smoking days where I was just kind of smoking every once in a while. And I bought the DVD and I put it in and I was like, oh, this is going to be awesome. And I got about six or seven minutes into it and had to turn it off because I was freaking out. (laughs) (laughs) It was, and I'm like, that's the last time I watched a movie high. I was just like, I couldn't take it. It was too much, man. It was way too much. But then George Miller also turned around and did Babe, Pig in the City, and the two Happy Feet movies. Kind of a departure uh, from the Mad Max films. It stars Mel Gibson as Max, who you may know from racist sound clips. I could not find any. I tried Either, really hard. There's, there's the only one that I could find was a recording of him talking to his girlfriend yeah. and just berating her, and it was not appropriate. It, isn't that funny to say? Yeah. Not appropriate for this podcast. I wanted to find the cop one. Where he calls the cops sugar tits? Yeah. yeah. That, I, I couldn't was, find it. No, I was looking for that one as well. Uh, Bruce Spence as the gyro captain. Michael Preston as Papagallo. Vernon Wells as Wes. Do you know who the character Wes is? Yes. He's, he's the kind Mohawk. of... He's the... the um, he's the guy Me? wearing the white vest, isn't he? The white vest. No, Wes is the main henchman with the mohawk. Oh, he's the guy with the redhead mohawk. Okay. Yes. He reprised the same role at the end of Weird Science. Oh, yeah, that's right. And he's also the main henchman in Commando. So and so, we actually talked about Weird Science a, a little bit last week, talking about Kelly LeBrock, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and a bunch of other no-name Australian actors. Mel Gibson was relatively unknown and was not shown in the U.S. trailers. Um, James Cameron cited this as one of his influences for filming The Terminator. Do you see two movies that this has serious parallels with? One was in the 50s, one was a little bit later in the 80s. (sighs) Serious parallels with... Mm. No, I don't. I'm sure when you tell me, I'll say, oh yeah, that makes sense. Okay, Shane? Okay, sure. I should have known that because you just recently watched Shane. I did not recently watch Shane. It shows on your, um, it's on your history list for Plex. Nope, that wasn't me. That must have been somebody else that you've given that to. Yeah, it wasn't me. I had to watch Shane my senior year in high school for a writing class. Shane, Shane, come back, And then I, and I compared it to this film with Clint Eastwood. It's a Western. Pale Rider? Okay, I've never seen it. Oh, it's a great, great Western. I mean, probably one of my favorite Clint Eastwood movies. So the movie begins basically with a narration. My life fades. The vision dims. All that remains are memories. I remember a time of chaos. Ruined dreams. This wasted land. But most of all, 
I remember the road warrior, the man we called Max. So when you first listened to this narration, did you have any thoughts that came to your mind? The thing I was, when I was watching this was the the beginning part of it is in 4-3. Yes. And after our conversation about the abyss uh, a couple of weeks back, <laughs> yeah. in my notes it says, uh, nice to watch something in 4-3 the way it's meant to be seen. And right. then there's a lot of stock footage, you know, World War II footage, and then some clips from the first movie. But the the narration itself, it actually, when I, when I put stuff on the soundboard, if I put them on the temporary soundboard, I have to give them an image. And what I actually use as the image, so I knew what you were talking, or I knew how to when to trigger it based on what you're talking about, is I used a picture of the crawl from Star okay. Wars. All right. Yeah, so my first thought, I mean, I know who's narrating this movie because I had seen it before. Mm-hmm. But is this somebody who's saying this on their deathbed? You know... We'll kind of get to to this at, at the end, unless you want to get into it now with the identity of it. Um, no, let's wait. Okay. So, basically the narration continues and goes on about how the world was run by the black fuel. You know, this is an, we, we're in an apocalyptic landscape. See, Jen, I could say that word on the first try. Ha ha! <laughs> Just logarithmic is the one that is difficult uh, for you. Uh, Algorithmic. I did it! I did it! <laughs> Holy shit! Am I going to have to pull that? So it's like, every every week I'll just play that when you're trying to search for that word. Uh, I'm going to try and say it at the end of the podcast and I'm going to fucking butcher it. I just know <laughs> I am. But there was a war between two tribes. Everything ground to a halt. They built a house of straw. Basically, the world that we live in, which is the world that we live in now, is run by fuel. Could you ever imagine if what would happen if the spigot got turned off or if electricity got turned off completely in our country, the chaos that would ensue? No, you know, one, one of the things that I thought about in this was in specifically in the last thing that I wrote, the river is there's an apocalyptic event that happens. It's never really explained what it is, but as people are coming, kind of starting to realize that something majorly has gone wrong, and one of the characters explains how you remember how people went crazy with Corona, and this was told from like next year, looking back at Corona when they couldn't get toilet paper. Imagine them without electricity, without water, without gas, and I think that the system for a lot of people would fall apart rather quickly. Well, I read a study that they said if suddenly like a um, uh, electromagnetic pulse uh, was detonated and the entire country went without power or if the grid was completely shut down that within a year 95% of the population would be dead well yeah it, I, I, don't, I don't know how, how fast it would go but I just know that you look at well you can't go out now but before corona hit and you would go out to anywhere be a restaurant or you're in a movie theater waiting for the movie to start or you're on a bus if you're poor or whatever it happens to be, everybody's face down in their phone. And I think that would be one of the biggest things for especially younger people. They would not know what to do with themselves if they did not have that electronic teat to suckle at constantly. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this question. If what, what kind of supply of food do you have? Like just in your pantry, in your refrigerator, 
how long do you think your family of four could survive on everything that's in your house? With absolutely no prep, just what we have right now, yes. we yeah. could easily do a month and a half, two months. Okay. Yeah, I think so too. Because we keep lots of, you know, the problem is if the electricity goes out, you got no way to cook it. You know, I mean, we don't live in a wooded area. Our access to firewood is to dry firewood to do any kind of cooking is rather slim. Yeah, but you have, I'm sure you have a gas grill. Yeah, but how long is that tank going to last? Well, that's true. You know, I mean, I keep an extra tank in the garage, garage, just, <laughs> you know, as a backup because we have a fire table that runs on a propane tank as well. And, you know, if you're having people over and one of those goes out, you're kind of fucked. So it's nice to have a backup there. Anyways, enough about scaring our listenership. <clears throat> so the background of Max is he was in, obviously Mel Gibson's character Max was in the original Mad Max movie, and he was a police officer. He lost his family. This was after, this movie takes place five years prior to The Road Warrior. Um, and he's basically driving around as a police officer fighting savage gangs, and his family gets killed. And after that, he just wandered out into the wasteland. And now we are out in the wasteland, and the opening scene is, He's being chased in his former police car that's been all souped up and has extra gas tanks on it. And he's got a dog, which I know immediately you got a, a huge erection. Doggy! Yep. Uh, do you know what kind of dog that is? Uh, I thought you were going to ask what kind of car it is. Um, no, I don't know what type of dog that is. It's a blue, it's a blue heeler or a Australian cattle dog. Very smart. Um, it's the car is a 1973 something or another supercharger. I can't remember what it was, but it's called the Interceptor. The Interceptor, not sold in the United States, right? And he's being chased by a couple of dudes, and he gets looks. He can see that he's getting low on gas and shuts down his power, and <sighs> which, oh, I'm such an idiot. What? Oh, there's such an obvious pull here that I didn't think of. Um. Of a sound clip. Come on, Mav. We're getting way low on gas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but what that does is that creates that creates some confusion between the two other vehicles. He slams on his brakes, and the guy who's about to shoot an arrow at Max, it basically goes past the car and hits the character Wes in the arm. The one car that had just shot the arrows makes a fantastic crash. And the guy who comes goes cartwheeling out of it actually was not supposed to do that. He was supposed to kind of fly out of the car, but not that significantly do ass over tea kettle several times. And he was quite injured. Uh, but they decided to leave that scene in the movie. They got it, so might as well use it. Yeah. So, But the character, Wes, who is kind of the main henchman, He's wearing some assless chaps. He's got a big old red mohawk, and he's got a ladyboy in tow on the back of his motorcycle. Ladyboys, also known as she-males, transgenders, and transvestites, are more common in Thailand than any other country. It does seem to have a lot more ladyboys than anywhere else in the world. So how was your trip to Thailand, Matt? <laughs> there actually was an episode of The Amazing Race that took place in Thailand, and they had a task that was around ladyboys, which I thought was very, very weird. Yeah, were they, did they have to be able to identify if they were a ladyboy or a real woman? No, it was, it was 
also karaoke, but they had to sing karaoke with these lady boys. And and it's not a it's not something something about the country or about that group of people. It's just it's just true. I mean, there are a lot of lady boys, and that is a big driving like uh, tourism Se- thing. Sex tourism for people who dig that sort of thing. Right. Exactly. So, so how was your trip to Thailand? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, in the in the script, he's not listed as. A homosexual partner. Actually, the, the blonde dude on the back of the motorcycle is kind of like somebody, like a kid that he picked up and has been kind of raising as his son. So, um, but that's never pointed out in the actual movie. No, but the assless chaps is kind of you know. Yes, it's a hint. <laughs> yeah. So, all of the chaos ensued around this semi truck, the rig, with all kinds of other debris and stuff around it and that semi-truck rig will come into play later in the film could you tell me where the nuclear vessels are yeah yeah and max immediately stops the car pulls out some gas tanks and goes because he's going to fill up some gas he's going to steal the gas of the vehicle that just crashed and he's using like pie pans and a hard hat he's using anything he can to gather this this fuel including like some kind of a rag that he's dipping on the ground is is that gas really going to work well in an internal combustion engine i don't know enough to know but i would think that you want to have your gas be clean well and one of the problems with this movie and just about any post-apocalyptic movie like or tv show like the walking dead that you're not they're not making a new supply of gasoline I mean, we see a little bit later on down the road in the movie that, yes, there is a place where they are doing it, but there aren't major refineries other places. But after about a year, gas becomes unstable and doesn't work, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, if you've got a tank of gas that's been sitting in your garage all winter long, you don't want to put that in your tractor the following spring. You want to either you want to dump it into your main vehicle. Well, you, so, you can put stable in it, though. You can. Yes. Uh, but I mean, I just use it for my snowblower. And then in the spring, I just dump that into my car and buy a new tank of gas. Okay. Uh, but the dog comes out and he's munching on a kangaroo. Maybe the dingo ate your baby. <laughs> and Max is checking out the trucks. Uh, there's a dead bloated guy that kind of falls out of the truck. Oh, I should mention that the character Wes, sh- we shall see how much of a badass he is. He pulls, pulls the arrow out. Yes, he pulls the arrow out of his arm and he screams. Um, yeah, but yeah. So the dead bloated guy has one of those little hand crank, you know, the little pins that go on the little yep. roller, and it, and it plays "Happy Birthday." Do you know and what that we, thing is called? What is it called? A music box. Okay, that's, that's what I have. <laughs> and we see a slight smile from Max, and that is the only smile we see from him. In this entire movie. Oh, I didn't notice that, but okay, that makes sense. So, he gets back in his car, and he drives up on a helicopter, but it's not your typical helicopter, it's a gyro chopper, something that you would see in the AT. Right. I was warning you, I had enough of you talking to your invisible friends. Does he look invisible, huh? You can't see him? Invisible or not, I don't want you talking nothing to nobody, got that? Well, I'm sorry. But I'm not the one with a bad attitude. When someone talks to me, I feel obliged to respond in kind. It's not a somebody, it's a horse. And horses don't talk. Uh, a horse is a horse, of course, of course. And no one can talk to a horse, of course, unless of course, a horse, of course, the famous Mr. Rock. 
Did, did we ever figure out why Murdoch was crazy and why B.A. Baracus didn't like the fly? Uh, no. And th- we also never figured out how Murdoch seems to be in custody in e- the beginning of every episode. <laughs> <laughs> they have to break him and out. They have to break him out. And, yeah. and at some point, wouldn't like Face just say, hey, maybe I should take some flying lessons and I can take care of this shit? Yeah. And B.A. has to get drugged every single episode so they can get him to fly. So wouldn't you know, the constant drugging of BA lead to some long-term problems. Like, like not being able to get an erection or... <laughs> well, just like drug dependency or... Sure. Or, you know, he, he becomes a... Not a meth head, but what like an oxy. Oh, yeah. Or, nar- or narcoleptic or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But on the, on the tail of the gyrocopter is a centerfold, and that is actually January 1981's... Playmate of the Month, Karen Price. And that's about all she's done. Actually, no, I take that back. She was a stunt woman in like 50 or 60 movies. And what, what year was she a playmate for? 1981, January. Okay. So did they, they did they show it enough that you could actually see it? Oh, yeah. So I'm guessing huge bush. Oh, big time winter bush. Okay, there you go. Yes. So there's a snake that is on this chopper. And it's obviously poisonous. And... Max snatches it because, hey, that's a tasty meal right there. That'll feed him and his dog for at least two or three days. But a dude comes out of the sand, and he's got a crossbow. And we are now 11 minutes into this movie, and this is the first dialogue that we hear. And the thing about this that's amazing to me is, what which came, this is 82? Yes. So Red Dawn stole this from this movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Because isn't this very, very similar? The whole coming up from the ground thing? Sort of. I mean, this is somebody who's obviously playing the long game, being very, very patient in the sand, burying himself. You know, the kids in Red Dawn actually dug holes that they could hang out in, you know, smoke a heater, (laughs) eat a Heath bar or something. This guy's guy's dedicated, man. He's buried his ass in the sand 100%. Uh, but I bring up that, you know, we're 11 minutes into the movie. Can't gander to guess how many lines of dialogue Mel Gibson has in this movie. 72. No, 16. That's it. That's <laughs> it. Oh, wait, that, that's lines of dialogue. Yes. Okay, that's 72 words. Okay. <laughs> Did you count? No. Okay. You just, you just know? It, it's, it's a guess. Probably a pretty good guess. Housekeeping number of words. <laughs> You're going to have to go back and watch the entire movie because there's no way you're going to find that on the internet. Absolutely you will because it will be in an article just like the Terminator. You can easily find out how many words Arnold Schwarzenegger says in the first Terminator. All right. So the gyrocopter pilot, we're just going to refer to him as the pilot because that's easier, uh, has a crossbow pointed at his head and tells Max to go over to his vehicle. And he says, you know... um, the gyrocopter wants the gasoline, and Max says it's booby-trapped. Right. Boom. And, he, and he wasn't lying. No, he was not. But the, what does the gyrocopter, or what does the pilot say to Max as he's reaching underneath the car to flip the switch for the bomb? Something about having a knife underneath there. and A quick, a quick fellow might have a weapon. A weapon, okay. And he, he's correct, there is. Yes. He's got a blade, but uh, he, puts, he basically tells Max he's going to pin his head to the vehicle. If he comes out with a weapon. 
And that does actually happen. Not to Max, but it does happen to somebody else. Yes, it does. So they go to the front of the car and out comes Doggy. Yeah, Dog attacks the, the pilot. And at this point, Max is basically going to kill the pilot. Right. Now, the great thing about this dog is this: the production of this movie saved this dog from being euthanized. They needed a dog for this movie, so they went to the local animal shelter. And this dog was hours away from being euthanized. But they took it, and they felt like they could train it, which they did. And the dog in the movie obviously does not like the pilot, but apparently during production, the pilot and the dog became pretty close. So they had to basically make it look like the dog was attacking the pilot by getting him to play aggressively. Yeah, and th- that makes sense. Yeah. Because it, it, it was there was something similar with the, the dog, and it was more of a wolf dog in the thing, where the people that were around that dog bonded to it, so to get the dog to react a negative way, they had to figure out a way to do it. Yeah, and they stuck a, a cattle prod up its ass. Okay. Just kidding. That makes some people happy, but <laughs> <Yeah>. continue. <laughs> But the pilot tells Max that there's an oil refinery 20 miles away. All the gas that you could possibly use. Unlimited so, gasoline is what he promises him. Yes. So we've, we're now driving with, the, with Max's driving, and the pilot is sitting opposite him, facing the back of the car. But the dog... Actually, no. He's in the back seat. He's in the back seat. And there's a shotgun pointed at the pilot with a wire... Attached to a block of wood that the dog is holding in its mouth. It was a bone. It was Oh, yes. It was like a nylabone or something? Yeah, it was like a nylabone. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> the dog sees a rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It kind of looks... Yeah, yeah, he's got good... The dog's got good trigger discipline. Yeah. The, the Actually, the, the guy who plays the pilot does a lot of good nonverbal acting in this film. It, conveying emotion and expression without saying anything. He's one of the more important characters in this movie, besides Max, because he's, A, the comic relief, but he's also the conduit to the audience explaining kind of everything that's going on. Right, right. Yeah, so now they're up on a cliff, and they're looking down on this gasoline compound, and it is surrounded by marauders. They're never called marauders, but in the script, they were referred to as marauders. And there's vehicles going around and dust trails and everything. And Max basically ties him up, and the pilot says, I thought we had a deal. And Max says, the deal was, I wouldn't kill you. Reckon you got a bargain. <laughs> uh, a very similar thing that was kind of stolen by the Mandalorian. Yes, absolutely. But uh, Max opens up, a, well, he's got his binoculars set up on kind of a tripod, and he's kind of looking, kind of watching what's going on. And he opens up a can of Dinky Dye, or Dinky Do. It's some food. kind of dog food. Yeah. And he eats his share, and he gives the rest of the dog. <laughs> the pilot reaches for the can, and the dog basically just kind of snaps his fingers off. Yeah, But the guy has a wooden spoon handy for some reason. Yeah. Just in case a can of dog food. But he gets the scraps. I would think the dog would have... Licked that thing that. clean, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And in the group of vehicles that is... Uh, running round and round the refinery, there are police cars. Several of them, yeah. And one of the things that Jen pointed out during this film is for a universe that exists where there is a shortage of gasoline, there's a lot of gas being wasted in this film. (laughs) yes, absolutely. That was my thought as well, but 
you you couldn't do the movie without doing scenes like this. Right. And so I don't understand why, but one or I think it's actually multiple vehicles leave the refinery at this point. Well, no, first the Marauders leave. They all go back to, to their camp because they've got an established camp over the hill or, or within the stri- within the strike. Yes, on the grandmother's house we go. Yep. Uh, but yeah, the next morning, three vehicles come out and go in three different directions. And the marauders are, are roused awake and they start chasing after them. But there is a diversion. And one, one vehicle kind of sneaks out as the other three are being chased. So I, my thought is they're looking for a rig to haul their tanker. They're looking for a way out of this situation because they know that the situation that they're in, maintaining this refinery is not sustainable long term when you have these guys that basically are just trying to figure out a way in so they can kill them and steal the gas. Yeah. But, I mean, how would you like to be in one of those chase cars that's being used as a diversion? Uh <laughs> I mean, you're, you're, you're pretty much, you're, yeah, you're bait. You're fucked. You're, you're pretty much know that you're going to die. Uh, but yeah, all three of them, all, well, basically all four of the vehicles get wiped out. The 80 custom vehicles were made for this movie. But as this is going on, the one vehicle that kind of squeaked out, Max is watching through his binoculars and, uh, the pilot pulls out this long looking at glass that's what, what would you say, two and a half feet, maybe three feet long? Once I, it it's more way. than two feet for sure. I'd say it's at least a three foot. It's, it's, it's big. Yeah. Did you know where the, did you know of a movie that stole this? No. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, when Morgan Freeman creates his little looking glass. Oh, with glass. the, yeah. Okay, sure. But, um, yeah. Max looks up at it and sees this big looking glass over his shoulder and trades with them. And there's a, just a great shot of the pilot looking through the binoculars. And he's just basically has kind of his mouth is open a little bit, just kind of a standard look. And just the look of horror that comes over his face as he watches the rape that's going on. Yeah, they, they shoot the, the guy and they are raping the woman. Right. And then yeah. eventually... Max decides that it is time to go to the refinery. And this is a, one of the points where I have in my notes, the pilot does a lot of expression acting, but Max goes down and he, he kills the rapist. And yes. the guy who I thought was dead is not dead. The woman is dead, but the guy is actually attached to the dune buggy. Yeah. And he has to cut. Well, he, he, he waxed the guy, the rapist with a giant wire cutters. Mm-hmm. And then that's what he uses to cut the arrow that the guy is attached to the vehicle with. Right. Yeah. And he promises Max all, all the gas that he wants if he can take him back to the compound. Right. Yeah. So they go back to the compound. There's a kid in the, a hole that's watching, and he's referred to in the script as the feral kid. Are Little Land of the Lost action there, Doug. Yeah, did you know that the kid who played Chaka went on to do this? Need a little statement? Stand to Slim Jim. No, I, I, I have to admit, I did not know that. <laughs> yeah, um, but Max rolls in, and they are very serious and very cautious, as they should be, because 
almost everybody in the compound is wearing a lighter colored clothing, whereas all of the marauders are wearing black leather or dark, dark clothing. And what is Max wearing? He's wearing like the black leather outfit that he wore as both a member of the village people and in uh, Mad Max, the original movie. Correct. And the the boss, I'm trying to think what his name is, Papa... Oh, i got to go back to my notes. Papa Gallo. He, dude kind of looks like Mick Jagger a little bit. Okay. Uh, he wants answers. And, um, and Max says that, well, we had a deal. The deal was that, you know, if I brought him back to the compound, that I would be able to fill up my tanks with gas. And they look over, and the guy that he brought in is dead. And Papa Gallo says, well, whatever deal you had with him died with him. Yeah, died with him. Yeah, your your deal is no longer valid. Mm -hmm. And some dude comes walking up, and he says, there was a woman in the car. And Max is like, yeah, she's dead. There's not a lot of empathy there. He's just kind of like very, very... This is the way it is. And Max, at this point, and up to a certain point during this film, he is just about surviving himself. Right. And that's it. Yeah. He's, he, Max says that we had an arrangement, and this is important later on in the film, and Papa Gallo says the contract died with him. Right. So there's a guy in a winch who basically doesn't have uh, use of his legs, and we'll refer to him as Joe Swanson. Who wears short shorts? I wear short shorts! And he says, oh yeah, this is the last of the V8 interceptors. Would have been a shame to blow it up. And he pulls out the bomb that... uh, The booby trap, yeah. The booby trap. And the dog goes nuts. And they are about ready to kill the dog. And Max is on top of his dog, you know, trying to calm him down. And the marauders come back. Right. And now... You know, to this point, the marauders are just nameless, faceless individuals. Sort of. I mean, so here's the thing. Well, not faceless, but they're nameless. I mean, we haven't really had anything. We've had no dialogue from them. It has just been them terrorizing Max or the refinery. And I think they're made up of several different factions. You've got like the, you know, the guys who you model your life after, the police officers (laughs) with the leather masks. That have studs on them. Yeah. And then there's like the Mohawk group, because there's several of those guys. Uh, but yeah, the kid goes back down in his hole, and as the marauders roll up, they've got basically two prisoners tied on railroad ties or something on the front of the vehicle, and they've got four dead strapped across the hood. So basically, the three other diversion vehicles failed. And did you see what they're using as a door to the refinery? A bus. Yeah, it's a bus that is basically just paneled with metal on one side, and they just roll it out of the way to open the door, and they roll it back. Yes. So, but now we are introduced to Lord Humongous. Greetings from the Humongous. The Lord Humongous. The warrior of the wasteland. The Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. I am gravely disappointed. Again, you have made me unleash my dogs of all. Did you watch a different version of this film than me? Did you watch like a director's cut or something? 
I did not. I, I watched the same one that you did. Hmm. Because the introduction of Humongous in the version I watched was slightly different. That dancing destroyer, the king of Sting, the count of Monte Fisto, the master of disaster, the one and only... The Humongous. So, I, I, I don't know why it was different. <laughs> okay. You know what that's from, right? Uh, no, I don't. That's from Rocky IV. That is oh. Ap- Apollo's oh, introduction. Apollo's, uh, Apollo's intro. Yeah. All right. So the kid, he throws his his boomerang and it hits the lady boy right yeah. in the head, well, right in the kisser. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, uh, the kid throws the boomerang and he catches it because everybody avoids it the first time. He throws it again and then he kills... The, the guy, this riding bitch on yes. the Mohawk guys. And the Mohawk guy throws it. Yes. <laughs> and random guy tries to catch it. It doesn't work out so well for him. He, he, so that's the spokesman, the guy that we just heard. His his name is the, the Toady. And yeah, his, his fingers get cut off. And laughter ensues. And even the guy whose fingers get cut off, he's kind of like he realizes he's the butt of the joke. And he kind of chuckles along. Yeah. Uh, and Wes, the guy who's wearing the assless chaps, which is a great look, by the way, uh, he wants to go in. No more talk! And the humongous puts him in a sleeper. And unbelievably, I found this clip from South Park. I would like to take this opportunity to explain why farts are funny and queefs are not. Men have always joked about farts, and we in fact name our farts. We have the squeaker, and then there's the foghorn, and the don't be scared. Is this the right clip? And of course, there's the... Excuse me. Well, if that really is your argument, it isn't a very sound one. Women name their queefs, too. That's what we do. For instance, we have the sneezing unicorn, and the resuscitator. That's not the same. We've got the Chinese firecracker. <laughs> That's all well and good, but we can do the road warrior. No, we go in. We care. No more talk. We care. Soon, my dog of war. But we have to do it my way. <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's so wrong. Does your woman queef? No. No, she okay. doesn't she doesn't fart, she doesn't poop, she doesn't do any of that stuff. Oh god. My <laughs> woman fart my fart my woman farts like a like a sailor man. D- does she queef though? <laughs> Only when you give I'm, her a deep dicking? <laughs> well, yeah, I was gonna say, under the right circumstances, yes. That's kind of usually from what I've heard, that's what leads to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um God, I don't know if I should talk about this on the podcast or not. But I'm pretty sure she doesn't listen anymore. My sister and her girlfriends, I used to, she had a bedroom in the basement. And I used to hear them, like we would put our ear up against the door and they would have queefing contests. Like they would put their legs up in the air and somehow, I don't know, allow air to go in there and then roll forward and and have queefing contests. Liar! I'm dead serious. I am not lying. I'm so serious. So you, uh, want, you wonder why I am the way I am. That's that's one of the reasons right there. 
So humongous is 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 choking uh, the Mohawk guy out, and they're showing humongous from the back. Yeah, because he has this this mask on. It's it's almost like a hockey mask. It is a hockey mask, and you'll notice there's a lot of hockey gear that is actually in this movie. But yes. whose hair did humongous remind you of? I have two people. Oh, the uh the the deformed guy in the Goonies. Okay, that's actually a good one. So I'll, I'll give you that one. Okay. I was thinking Jason Voorhees for my first one. Okay, yeah, I was. I went, I didn't want to go with the obvious. And the second one is is you. <laughs> You're such a dick. You dick. But the humongous gives them a deal: walk away, and leave us the gas, and we'll let you live. And. They have one day to decide if they're going to accept this. Yes. This movie takes place over a very short period of time. Yeah. And the um, marauders start bugging out. And did you notice the one guy that doesn't have a ride? No, I didn't see that. The fingerless guy. Oh, really? Okay. He's like looking around and everybody's kind of bailing. He's like, hey, I need a fucking ride here. I have no fingers. What about me? But the compound people are torn. Some want to walk away and take his deal. And others are like, no, he will slaughter us like pigs if we leave here. Right. And it is, Max is at this point, he's actually cuffed to a pole. And and he's been for this entire sequence. And he uses a piece of wire to get himself out of the handcuffs that he's cuffed with. Yeah. And here here's a uh, thing for you, Doug. Matt's got a question for Doug. Are handcuff keys universal? Uh, I'm going to go and say yes. Yes, they are. And you can get a handcuff key on eBay for about four bucks. Okay. And they work with all police, FBI, whatever handcuffs. The handcuff key is universal. And I, I asked, I have a neighbor who's a cop, and I asked him this because... You know, obviously I have handcuffs and I'm not going to fuck around with the plastic ones. I'm going to get the real deal. Mm-hmm. And it said that the key that I have is universal. And so I was walking the dog and I saw the cop out there and I said, hey, I, I got to ask you a question. It's a dumb question. Are handcuff keys universal? I said, yeah. I said, why? Wouldn't that make it so easy for a criminal to be able to get out of them because they would just have them? And he said, the reason that they're universal is because... I might arrest you, but then you get turned over to somebody else, and then you get turned over to somebody else, and you get turned over to somebody else. That way, the key does not have to go with you. They can use the key, which is universal, to unlock you. Or even in certain circumstances, a different agency altogether. Or, you know, the um, EMS people to release your, your, your partner when you've collapse from a heart attack and your wife is handcuffed. So either or, yeah. Sure, sure. So do you just have like handcuff keys like in every spare drawer around the house? <laughs> no. No. Yeah, but no. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the kid comes back through, the feral kid comes back through his hole and he shows Max his bloody boomerang like, hey, look what I did. And Max pulls out the music box and gives it to him and he is absolutely thrilled. He's just like, ah, 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 ah. But I mean, if you think about it, this kid was born post-apocalypse. He's probably never heard music before. But if he's never heard music before, 
I, I guess it's it's just because it's something new. And I, I originally thought it was because of what it is. Because what song is it that the music box plays? Happy birthday. Right. And it, it's not that probably. It's just that it is something. And, you know, we live in a society today where things that a device that you have in your hand can do is amazing. I remember when, when I was a little kid, when I was like five, six, seven years old, and the, the the absolute shit you would get from like a gumball machine, like the toys you could get from gumball machines, mm-hmm. how amazing I thought that stuff was. Oh, yeah. And now, you know, if I gave my kid one of those, they'd be like, what the fuck is this? Because they're so used to everything being so fantastical, where in a post-apocalyptic society, something that's able to play like just audio tones like that would be seen as like this magical thing almost. Yeah, you know, I mean, we teach our kids to enjoy nature and appreciate nature. And for some reason, both of my kids are just infatuated with rocks. They both have huge rock collections. No matter where we go, whether it's camping or to the beach or hiking, they always have to find two or three rocks and stick them in their pockets. And we polish them up. We've got a rock polisher. Um, And I... I don't understand the fascination with it. I guess it's just their upbringing that, hey, appreciate the beauty that's around you. Uh, because they do take, they don't take the little things for granted. Do, do they hold on to them? They've got pot, like my oldest has, you know, he can tell you, he's like, yeah, we got that rock there. We got that rock there. We got that rock there. See, I, I think that would be something that would be cool. It's kind of like a, almost a timeline of your life in another source, mm-hmm. I guess. And, there, there are lots of things that I regret not doing, and something like that is one of them. But there are things where if I could suggest something to like my kids to do, which I think would be really cool, would be take a picture of yourself every day for the rest of your life doing the same pose. Okay. And it is just like a historical, or even not even every day, but every five days, every 10 days, whatever it happens to be. And it would just be a historical record. Or, you know, you have... Something that you got here or something you got there. If you walk into uh, my parents' house, which is like two and a half blocks from here, right inside the front door on the left-hand side is a wood-burned tree stump that I bought in Germany. And it shows the um, the Disney castle, which I actually didn't buy it at the Disney castle. I bought it in the town underneath the, the castle where I had sex on the ping pong table. Just to clarify, New Schwanstein. Which New is Schwanstein right outside, is Disney which is, Castle, yeah. It's right outside of Munich. But, you know, that is a thing where eventually something will happen to both my parents, and I will want that back because mm-hmm. that is, you know, that was a, a, a two-week period of a long, almost a 50-year-long life, but that was a two-week period that was really fucking cool to me. And and I wish I had more things that were tangible and, and small things like whether they be rocks or pieces of driftwood or, or whatever from, you know, different events in my life. Sure. Sure. All right. So Max undoes his handcuffs like you had mentioned before. Mm-hmm. And he the, the, the people of the compound are talking about, well, how do we leave? How do we, we don't have a way to haul our gasoline out of here in the tanker. And Max says this. 
Two days ago, I saw a vehicle that had hauled that tanker. You want to get out of here? You talk to me. But before that happens, though, the the people are literally just throwing down their weapons. Oh, and yeah. I, I was waiting for Duke. You know who Duke is? Duke. No. Throw the damn towel. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> because they were literally throwing in the towel. They were just giving up so quickly. And, but sure. yeah, Max talks about the, uh, the 18 wheeler, which we talked about before that he'd saw what the body came out of and he has to go get it. And he has to carry stuff with him in order to make this 18 wheeler basically drivable to get back to the compound. Yeah. He says, my offer to you, I get the tanker, I get, I get gas. Yeah. I but get all the gas I can, I can load in my, in my car and that's it. Yeah. So he's. He basically, he's carrying four five-gallon jerry cans on a stick. Basically, over his shoulders, two jerry cans on each shoulder. So those, okay, I'm going to ask you to do math. I bet you didn't know you had to do math on the podcast. Usually isn't a requirement. Do you know how much a gallon of diesel fuel weighs? A pound. Seven pounds. Okay. Okay, really? Was that was was that matches fucking around? Or yeah, that pretty matches? much. Okay. <laughs> Because the gallon of milk weighs eight pounds. All right. So with the weight of the jerry cans, how what what you know? What did you come out? What, what did you come out with? So each of those cans is probably three gallons. No, five gallons. Five, five gallons. Gall- yes. So five times eight times forty. That's forty times forty times. Wait, five times eight forty. Forty times four. No, five times five times seven. Oh, five times seven thirty four thirty five. 30. So it's thirty five. So it's one hundred and seventy plus. So it's. 340 on each side, not including the weight of the stick and the cans. Figure another extra, so 150 pounds. That's what I got, 150 pounds. Yes. But before he, before, as he's getting ready to leave the compound, did you see what they did to him? No. Oh, yeah, they, they, they oiled him up. <laughs> they oiled They oiled his leg. And I, I actually had my notes originally, and I erased it because I saw it later. Because I couldn't tell what – I saw the little person with the lip. Weak, weak. Mm-hmm. And what the fuck are they? And it's because he has a brace. Yes, I think that has something to do with the previous movie. Have you seen um, the previous movie? Bits and pieces, not all the way through. It is on Netflix. Yeah. So, so I thought I, about I, watching it. I don't know if I'm going to watch that one, but I'm definitely going to give Beyond Thunderdome a view. Uh, you know it. The, the Tina Turner thing is, you know, sometimes there are actors that are bigger than the roles mm-hmm. where it's you cannot see them as something other than who they are. What's love got to do with it? Got to do with it. I was trying to come up with the song. So thank you. I was going to do respect, but I realize it's Aretha Franklin. That's Aretha Franklin. But, you know, I, I look at it as uh, Captain Sobel. Oh, yeah. Ross. Yeah. And I, I think that really kind of came to a head when he's getting into a fight with the guy from Billions. I can't remember his name. Uh, Damian Lewis. Yeah, Damian Lewis. Well, and he, he says, we were on a break. And it just all came home at that point. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Max is trudging through. He's got to go. He's got to kind of skirt past the, uh, the compound. They're in the desert. Infinite directions that he could go in and bypass that camp. 
May I have everyone's attention, please? We're evacuating into outer space with literally infinite directions in which to flee. However, we have decided that our transports will travel directly toward the fleet of Star Destroyers. Any questions? Yeah, um, is there someone from the military we can talk to? A man, perhaps? (laughs) (laughs) That is... The first two of those are great. Yes. The third one isn't as good. It's still enjoyable, but that one is is great, and I just love that we're a man, perhaps. <laughs> but he, as he's as he's skirting the Marauder camp, he trips, and some ears perk up. But the feral kid pretends that he is a shotgun, or not a shotgun, a coyote. Yeah. Yeah. But and that distracts the Marauders enough that Max can continue. But he comes upon the pilot, and they must have struck a deal off screen because now the pilot is carrying the four jerry cans full of diesel fuel. Uh, and they come to the chopper, and it appears that the snake trick worked. Yeah, because somebody's dead on the pilot's property. Yes, but Max finds shock- a couple of shotgun shells. No, a single shotgun shell. A single shotgun shell. And dice... And and a couple other things he just kind of throws away. But the shotgun shell is a thing because this makes the pilot realize that this shotgun that Max had was not loaded this entire time. Right. Because he rolls it in his fingers and it crumbles. Is that when that happens? No, well, there, there's – I'm sorry. You are right. There are two shells. There's one that crumbles and then there's yes. one that seems that it's viable. Yes. And he puts it in his gun and that – yeah, the pilot realizes that, yeah, the shotgun – was empty this entire time. Whoops. Yeah. But they come upon the rig and Max gets it running. And well, before that, they, how do they get to the rig? Oh, they take the chopper, which there's no way that that chopper is going to carry two humans and 150 pounds full of fuel. Right. So I actually, there, there's a couple things that are very similar to the gyrocopter. There's the gyrocopter that, but there's also a thing that's very similar that has just like this Big ass fan on the back sure. that has that uses like a parachute as well. Yes, yes. And you do not need a pilot's license for those. No, you do not. You can buy them; they're not that expensive. Right. I have gotten so close to buying one of those several <laughs> times, and I, I would die if I had one. Oh, I, I, I yeah. realize that, but goddamn, I would have fun for that oh, hour. <laughs> sure, you would, because you would be up there and you'd be like. Oh, fuck. Now i got to land. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, I do stuff with, with drones. Obviously, completely different thing. But I have I've been extremely lucky that the only time I've ever crashed a drone was because the battery died in flight. Mm-hmm. And I the first drone I got was like a first-gen drone. It didn't have a camera, didn't have anything like that. It, the only thing it had was it had a – it would come back home to you if if you like shut down the controller it would come back to where it lifted off and it would land and one time i actually lost it so i just shut the controller off and i went inside and i came back outside like five minutes later and it was just hovering in my yard but one <laughs> I came home where are you i came home yeah <laughs> but i had taken it up and it didn't have a governor because one of the things that all like commercial drones have now is they have a governor where it, they will only allow you to fly so many feet high and how and high is that? 400 feet. Okay. And you can override it if you want, but 
by law, you only can fly up to like it's a 400 foot ceiling. And this was before this was built into the software. And I'd flown this thing up like and I lost sight of it. And I'm just like, oh, shit. And so I started bringing it down and I had actually a GoPro camera on it. Um, it wasn't integrated or anything. And it's coming down. And when I finally start seeing it, I can see the light flashing, which means the battery's getting low. And I was on this path and somebody was was walking with like a stroller. I said, can you like get out of the way because I'm I'm trying to land this thing and it's just going to lose power at any second. And it's coming down. It's coming down. I'm like, oh, I got 400 feet, 300 feet. 200 feet, I'm going to make it. And then, nope, <laughs> at 200 feet, it lost power. And that thing dropped and just bounced like probably 10 feet in the air after it. And I have the video from it. And the video of how far up it went, it was really, really fucking high. <laughs> so could you get in all kinds of trouble if you got busted flying it above that 400-foot ceiling? At that point, no. Now okay. I could because that was 10 years ago. Okay. And the laws have changed because I actually have a license um, to fly the drones that I have, which I actually I have to renew because it expires next month. But it is a license per person, not a license per device. And at the, at the time when I when I bought my first drone, it didn't have all these things in place. But now, I mean, you can buy a drone for two hundred and fifty bucks that can do more than a thousand dollar drone could do ten years ago. So is getting that license kind of the same as getting a minister's license online? It, it's just as hard, yeah. <laughs> just as hard. Well, I have. I mean, I'm, I'm a, I have a minister's license. I can legally marry people. <laughs> Why the fuck did we not hire you to marry us? That's. I'm sure I brought it up as a possibility, and you said no. I'm not doing that. Well, yeah, that's, yeah. It, it wasn't me. It was my missus. Who yeah, I, I guarantee your missus would have been like, yeah, that's not happening. Yeah. And besides, who'd have got the guy to turn off the lawnmower? Right. <laughs> if I was perform- wait, everybody, I need the congregation to settle down so I can go out and talk to a guy who respects me apparently from high school to shut down the lawnmower. <laughs> All right, so yes. Hey, so now they are they get the rig running, and the pilot says to Max as Max is getting into the into the rig to leave, he's like, "Hey, we're partners." I'm your goddamn partner! And again, infinite space and directions to come through in the desert, and he decides that he's going to drive that rig directly through the Marauder camp. <laughs> yeah, but this is a little bit different because I think it's not hard-packed sand. It, You know, he wants to use the road. So okay. I, I can I, explain this part, not so sure. much the walking part. Sure, but... He rams a guy wearing your BDSM mask into another car with a guy working underneath it, and he gets smooshed. Yeah, there's there's some some violent um, deaths in this film. Yes, and also, uh, you know, there's there's guys who are trying to shoot out the tires with their arrow guns and stuff. And the, the huge- I thought this was going to be the one film, and it happens a couple times in this film where the bad guys take out the tires. I thought this was going to be the one film that was actually going to address that this is the way to skin this cat. But they take out one tire and then they're just like, oh no, we're not going to do anything about the rest of them. Right. And we've got got an 18-wheeler. Yeah. Yeah. And Humongous has a pistol. And how many bullets does he have? Oh, I did not see that, but it's very few. He has five bullets. Okay. Total. And Max actually goes to shoot his shotgun 
and doesn't work out so well for him. No, no, the shell kind of fizzles, kind of puffs of some smoke and fizzles, and the humongous shoots his pistol right into the engine. So basically, right into the engine block. So now he has four bullets left. Correct. But, you know, a tent gets blown away, and there's a dude banging a chick, and you get some, some gratuitous boobs. Yep. Yeah. And Wes, the Mohawk guy, jumps in, jumps on there, and he's he's duking it out. Again, they're trying to shoot out the tires with the multi-arrow gun. Uh, the pilot comes along. He drops a snake on the dude who's got who's who's. Um, he's got the like the the four the four gun thing. arrow gun. Yes, and and as the snake bites him, he turns the gun into the driver of the vehicle, shoots him, and the vehicle goes crashing. Right. But the truck, the rig, gets into the compound with Wes. And two other cars, and I forgot to pull a Pinky Tuscadero clip. <laughs> it's in my notes, but I completely forgot to do it. But yeah, it's like a 57 Chevy that's bright pink is left outside of the compound, and that gets completely torched. But the Mohawk guy, Wes, yes. does a completely unnecessary flip at this point. <laughs> right. And then uh, the leader guy um, gets shot in the leg, and this mm-hmm. becomes a thing. And Max torches some guy with a flamethrower. And I'm thinking in a society where gas is a premium, flamethrowers are not going to be the rag. Well, maybe not in the outside world, but inside of a compound where you're churning out gallons and gallons of crude oil. Mm-hmm. But Maybe. I guess. You know, and then they're refining it into gasoline. Yeah. And basically anything that they want to. But the pilot lands the gyrocopter inside the camp, and the Mohawk guy escapes. And how does he escape from the refinery? Does he do, like, a flip or something off of there? No, he uses, like, a pole. <laughs> He's oh, like yes. This giant, like, it's not a pole vault so much as he uses the pole to just kind of, like, shoot himself over the wall. Right, right. Uh, but, yeah, the pilot lands, and everybody is enamored with the, with the pilot. Who's just got some really, really bad teeth. Yeah, he's got some British teeth. And the, the pilot has the hots for, I think it is like the head guy's daughter. I don't know if it's the head guy's daughter or if it's the, the head guy's girlfriend. Like the old guy or Papa Gala. The guy who got shot in the leg. Okay. The, the cute blonde snicky. Mm-hmm. Yes. But yeah, th- th- this old guy... Is like, hey, can you take two of us up there? And the pilot's just kind of giving the elevator eyes to the, the cute blonde Snicky, and he's like, uh huh. Yep. But then the feral kid is touching the blade of the gyrocopter. That's that's some great acting. <laughs> and you know they're. They have the, the guy who the Joe Swanson guy does a a once over of the eighteen wheeler and says how and he's asked by the leader of the camp how long is it going to take to fix it and he says it's going to take twenty four hours to fix this laundry list of things that are wrong with the rig. Did I and, not pull a sound clip for this? No, you did not. Oh damn it! It was in my notes to put because it's a funny clip. And it was all ad-libbed. It was not in the script at all, where they're going back and forth, where yeah. Papagallo or the, the Joe Swanson guy is telling kind of like this 
goofy guy with a missing tooth. Everything that's wrong, he's relaying it to Papa Gallo. Oh yeah, it's, it, and but it's it's going to take twenty four hours. That's the estimate, and he does the Scotty from Star Trek thing, where he says, "Well, no, actually, they give him twelve hours, and he says he can do it in twelve. And if you can do it in twelve, it doesn't take twenty four hours to do." Right, right. And some random lady gives Max two shells in a hanky, and but Max is leaving. Because, and he gives the shells back. Yeah, he's, he's going out tonight. They all assume that Max is driving the rig. Right. That he's one of them now. And he's like, no, I'm, I'm in it for the gasoline. But up on the hill, um, Humongous is looks like he's about to kill the prisoners that he has. And it, it starts to rain. I, I didn't realize it rained in Australia. Well, uh, you know, apparently they picked this location for the lack of rain. But... For three or four days straight, it all of a sudden they got torrential rains, so they kind of used it to their advantage and filmed the scene around it. But I was trying to figure out if they were torture, torturing the prisoners or if they were kind of shaving off chunks off of their thighs and maybe they're cannibals. I, you know, I, I don't know. I thought in my notes it says they killed them, but then they're still alive, so they haven't been killed yet. So I, it might be a, a torture thing, but they're showing... The all the vehicles that are inside the refinery, and there's a very famous vehicle that is in the refinery. Did you recognize it? I did not. The car from Ghostbusters is in there. Oh, the the hurt the the ambulance, the old yep. ambulance. Okay. And the the pilot has like his chippy, and he is trying to like sneak her away. Mm-hmm. And his whole thing is okay. I'm gonna get up, get down, get in, get out. <laughs> But she's she says that it's it's wrong to sneak away and she's staying and it's like ah so close because I'm right. sure it has been a cold minute since the the pilot's gotten a piece. Yeah, could you imagine kissing somebody with teeth like that? Which means their breath is just gonna be like you know the southbound end of a northbound skunk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I mean, do they have? I, I'm assuming they don't have showers in, in this post-apocalyptic future, right? Yeah, I would think that water would also be coming at a premium other than gasoline. Yeah, so think about it this way. I, I'm, I'm sure you know. You go a day, two days, three days, a week. But even even a day, even two days, you're from, from Mondays getting out there. You got your balls are ripe. Oh, yeah. And in in this situation, that's got to be awful. You, oh. you got to figure in a post-apocalyptic future, oral sex is off the table. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And yeah, both both parties are stanky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she has second thoughts. The Papagallo wants Max to drive the tanker. He promises Max a future. Wait, wait, Where wait, 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 wait. Just back up. Just one second here. Okay. But the leader wants Max to drive the tanker, which was what we were talking about. But Max wants no part of it. And Max slugs. (laughs) What? What? You just farted. (laughs) But the leader wants to know this. What are you looking for? Come on, Max. Everyone's looking for something. You happy out there, are you? 
Hey, wandering. One day blurring into another. You're a scavenger, Max. You're a maggot. You know that? You're living off the corpse of the old world. And then Max slugs the leader, which is kind of like beaten or beating a crippled person because the leader has got a limp from being well, shot he, in the leg. Well, he asks masks. He's like, what? You kill somebody? Two, you kill someone? You kill too many? Did you lose some family? And that's what sets off Max. And the the thing that the leader is trying to like hammer home is that they are all human beings. Do you think you're the only one that suffered? We've all been through it in here, but we haven't given up. We're still human beings with dignity. But you, you're out there with the garbage. You're nothing. Can you say garbage, Doug? Garbage. Okay. I, I didn't know if that was going to be like a garage thing where you're going to have a problem. Garbage. Garbage. <laughs> you're saying it weird. Yeah. But the kid set the, the, the feral kid settles into the car and Max tells him to get lost. <laughs> get the fuck the kid, out of here, kid. The kid won't listen, so he takes the little thing that plays happy birthday and throws it. And the kid goes chasing after it like a dog. Right. And the the leader is gonna be the guy who drives the tanker. Do you see a problem here? Well, it's a stick shift, so you're gonna yeah. need both feet to work the clutch and the gas. Have you ever broken a leg? No, I've sprained an ankle several times. So did you ever have to drive stick with a sprained ankle? No, I did not. So this is not a sprained ankle. This is like the other end of it. When I was down in Houston, uh, one of my buddies who lives down there, he had this friend that he tried to hook me up with, which it didn't pan out, but she had one arm. And... (laughs) That's not the funny part. But <laughs> I'm sorry. She was missing her right arm. Okay. It and it made it does a little bit. Ho- no, she did she not have a hook. Have a hook. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did not get a hook job. Okay. It made it really weird wearing off the shoulder shirts. But, okay. But she had a car that was stick, and she was missing her right hand. <laughs> uh, how did she drive stick? Why I, would you buy a stick car? Because it was cheap? I don't know. Oh, man. Okay, so how did she drive? I, I don't know. We, we never got to that point of the relationship. Oh, okay. I just thought it was worth mentioning because it's funny. Oh, man. Yeah, that's like Kramer hooking up George Costanza with a bald chick. You're bald. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. But so so it's bald. time for... It, yeah, I'm bald. <laughs> so it's time for Max to leave. And the guy, a guy goes to the boss, Papagallo. We could let him leave. We should take his car. And Papagallo says to him, no, he fulfilled his contract. Right. And this comes up again later. And Max drives away and the Mohawk guy hears mm. the interceptor driving away. And he's got some new war paint. Yeah. And there's a, a truck that is chasing Max. And... It's not enough to just drive after him. They have, like, some fast and furious shit going on. Yeah. Well, did you notice they had to speed up the film? <laughs> like, the frame rate? No, I actually didn't see that part. Okay. They, but they, they, had to, they had to speed up the frame rate to make it look like they were going faster, because apparently this was some bad terrain, and, and George Miller could not get the vehicles to go as fast as he wanted to. But, so, they, they turn on the nitrous... 
Yeah, they are hauling ass. And and Wes has like a excuse me, a big tailpipe mm-hmm. and smash gets up alongside Max's interceptor and smashes the windshield windshield and he wipes out. Yeah. It's gotta go on the soundboard. Yeah. But the car the interceptor rolls several times down down the hill. And they, they go down there. They're going to get the gasoline. The the toady, the guy who introduced the humongous earlier, and I believe one of the guys wearing your leather mask. <laughs> okay. All right. But Max and the dog are behind a big rock. And, and, and the dog is okay. Max is hurt, but the dog is okay at this point. Yes. And the dog comes out, and they shoot the dog. And Alan? Yeah, I like Alan. They took his dog. <gasps> they took Zeus? Hey. Oh, no. <laughs> Central Commander Jeffrey. Jeffrey here. Jeffrey, them rebels took Zeus. That's Alan's dog. I know. <laughs> oh, no. I know. Hey, what'd you end up doing with that dog we kidnapped? I killed it and ate it. Yeah. Yeah. Rebels. 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 And So, so do, do you, like, find, like, a a particular clip and you're just like i'm gonna mine this fucker for all it's worth for this no no i was just i i just type it i'll go to youtube and i'll just type in you know they killed my dog and i was trying i was kind of hoping to find a john wick clip oh you you killed my dog but i couldn't find it and somehow this one popped up so yeah okay but the people kind of scurry down and they're looking to get the gas from Max's car in the booby trap that we've been shown several times previously goes off and shit blows up. Yes. And the people from the compound can see the smoke, most notably the pilot. Right. And as well as that, the, the Mohawk guy thinks that Max is dead and they leave and Max is hallucinating, and he's hallucinating in what I would say is more of a 70s than an 80s movies trope, where it's like the film is almost skipping, and it's got this kind of like sliding thing to it. Have you ever been underneath, under anesthesia, and you've come out of it? Yeah, uh, I, I don't remember. I remember going under. I don't remember ever coming out. Okay. I remember coming out. Um, I, I've had surgery on each knee for meniscus tears, very minor. But, you know, both times coming out and having that same, for the first 20 or 30 seconds, having that same kind of shifty back and forth vision. Yeah. Now, I, I know that, I mean, I've been, how many times have you, have you been put under? Four things. Uh, four times. All right. I, I think I'm probably three. Okay. And but I remember the first time was for my wisdom teeth. And, mm-hmm. you know, they do the, okay, count back from 20 or whatever. And I said, I know what you're doing. You're fucking with me because you want me to 20, 19, 18. Yeah, right, right. And then it's like you you wake up and it's two hours later. And funny story was, uh, so last time I had, I got put out was I was having something removed from the back of my head. It was a basically just a non cancerous cyst removed from the back of my head which is what i blame my bald spot on but i had a soccer game the night i was having surgery 
and I'm in there for surgery. And my wife is like, you are not playing soccer tonight. I'm like, I am going to play tonight. Because it was like eight o'clock in the morning. I was having surgery. And she said, Mm -hmm. you are not playing tonight. I said, okay, we will ask the doctor. If the doctor says I can play, I can play it. Right. And she said, fine. Thinking there's absolutely no way the doctor will say that, you know, I can play. So he comes back. He's like, are you ready to get put on? I'm like, yeah, just one question. Can I play soccer tonight? He's like, oh, yeah, sure. You're fine. <laughs> and, you know, they they melon balled part of the back of my skull out. <laughs> so I had to play soccer with, like, this fucking, like, wrap around my head. And this is the same team that I've played on for several years. And I went in there one time where I'd had a um, a thing where I had to drink barium <laughs> because Ooh. I was having a uh, MRI for my uh, gastrointestinal tract and they said okay you've come in here playing where you have barium in your system now you're coming in here and you have a fucking head wrap on <laughs> I'm like well it's like i only have so many games left in my system so let me play sure. i thought the last time that you got knocked out it was something with a handkerchief and chloroform and you woke <laughs> up and your ass was on fire i thought you told me about that that was uh, that was not a countdown thing Okay, that was just a a violence. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A, a of move. Okay, the pilot right. rescues him, Max. Yes, and there's this, there's a great shot of the like a POV shot of the pilot looking down at Max, and they're going over the the camp. Mm-hmm. That was an awesome shot. Yeah, Max wakes up mid flight, and he does kind of that you know jump thing where he realizes where he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he, yeah, but he, then, He's beat up, but he's still alive. But he wakes up and he's in a morgue slash hospital. Right. Yeah. And the kid, the feral kid, brings him his clothes. And his guns. Yes. And Max kind of stumbles out and Papagallo is going over the plan that they're going to use the tanker to punch through and that they are going to rendezvous at a bridge 200 miles north. Right. And he's given this pep talk and he's walking pretty well. For a guy that was shot in the leg a, a day ago. Yeah. But Max, at this point, just, he is kind of like, I got nothing left. So he says this. It's all the same to you. I'll drive that tanker. The offer is closed. Too late for deals. No deals. I want to drive the truck. Why? Why a big change of heart. Believe me, I haven't got a choice. And how do you think you'd do it? I mean, look at you. You couldn't even drive a wheelchair. You should look at yourself, Max. You're a mess. Come on, cut the crap. I'm the best chance you've got. You know, we actually missed a probably pretty huge thing. At least it was for me. We missed about what happens to the dog. Well, the dog gets shot. And Alan? Yeah, oh yeah. And I Never mind. We did talk about that. <laughs> Fuck me. How Sorry. many of those? How many of those cocktails have you had? Four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna shut up now. Yeah, but I mean, he doesn't have a choice. They killed his dog. They've taken everything. That he's, he's got no car. He's got no car. He's got, he's no, got dog. no dog. Yeah, he's got nothing. Yeah. But got... he gets a handful of shells. Yes. And at this point, this is when I realized that all of their army. Armor, <laughs> armor is is it's all hockey stuff, mm-hmm. and Humongous still has the Mohawk guy on a chain, right? 
But they, they, they basically, it's time to mount up. Saddle up. Lock and load. What Star Trek movie is that from? If I had to guess, that's from First Contact. Nope. Insurrection. As John Luke is getting ready to go back down on the planet and, and take his weapons by himself, the rest of the crew comes down and starts questioning him. Insurrection. So that's the one after First Contact? Yeah, which I, I, I liked Insurrection. Actually, honestly, Generations is my least favorite of the next-gen movies. I actually think that um, the one with uh, Tom Hardy is not bad. Mm. Not my favorite. It might it goes it goes first contract, first contact, insurrection, generations, and then oh god, what's what's the one with Tom Hardy? What's that called? Uh yeah. It's the one with the clone. I can't yeah. remember. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway. I say that a lot. I say anyways. It should be anyway or anyhow. Okay, well that's that's a duh. big verbal fucked up you're you're you must have your finger just hovering <laughs> over that key the entire podcast no i actually had to search you have to understand there's there's lighted keys and non-lighted keys okay. and during the summer it's easy because light doesn't matter i actually have to turn on a lamp that's near where i am so i can actually try to make out what is on the okay. non-lighted keys. all right i have 150 like sound clips at my ready right now doug <laughs> You're so important, Matt. You know that? You're so important. But the kid jumps on the taker. And they try and get him off. They throw him off. But he jumps back on, you know, as the truck is leaving the compound. And We have an important plot point. Okay. Uh, how many bullets does Humongous have left at this point? Four. Exactly. Yeah, he has okay. four bullets left. All right. Uh, but the chopper is dropping Molotov cocktails on some of the vehicles. Right. And there's a couple of marauders that they see it's because basically it's the rig and one other vehicle. It, yeah, it's, it's the penis car. <laughs> it's the penis car. Yeah. But there's a couple of marauders that sees as everybody is chasing this rig and the penis car. Everybody else is bailing in the opposite direction. And there's a couple of marauders that see everybody going in the opposite direction and they head into the compound. And they head into the compound, and they're all giving each other high fives, like, hey, yeah, we got it. And what happens? <laughs> Boom. That's a big fucking explosion, too. Yeah, that, and that's a practical effect, and that is not a model. That is a real thing. So They, they had to notify, like, air traffic, air traffic control and all the airlines in Australia that, hey, just so you know, if you're flying over this at this time, you're going to want to go around it because there's going to be a big fucking explosion. Yeah. And right before the explosion, Humongous has shot at the gyrocopter a couple times. So he only has two bullets left. Yes. But basically the chase is on and Humongous releases his bulldog. Mm -hmm. He releases the Mohawk guy. And the guy from the chopper or from the gyrocopter is throwing Molotov cocktails and... The Mohawk guy rips the door off of Max's 18-wheeler with a grappling hook. Is that before or after um, the guy in the way, way back gets the grappling hook between his leg, gets the grappling hook? It's right before. It's right it's before. Right be okay. 
Because I have in my notes, defense on back of rig is taken out with a grappling hook. (laughs) Yeah. 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 He gets fucked. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, because the grappling hook gets tossed in. It goes through his leg and gets pinned to the door. And then the dune buggy that it's attached to is just flipping and flopping (laughs) like a dead fit or like a fish that just got caught on the road and just rips him off. Yeah. And then the other, there's a guy on top. He's a, he's shot and on fire. <laughs> That's Joe Swanson. <laughs> Who wears short shorts? Enough of that. Yeah. But yeah, he's on fire on his legs and he's trying to put it out with his hands and he holds up his gloves and his hands, his gloves are on fire. And he's like, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this is an equal opportunity mission that they're on because there's also a woman on top of the rig and she is shot by the Mohawk guy and she falls down and she is caught by the barbed wire on the side of the 18 wheeler. And one of the things that is actually interesting is they have uh, reinforced this 18 wheeler with stuff to protect the wheels. So the wheels can't get shot out. Correct. And the, the other guy from the top is trying to get to the woman that is basically hanging in the barbed wire and both of them are pulled down. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. There's some gruesome things that happen in this scene. Yeah. And it's, I mean, this whole scene takes place over 13 minutes, and it is an amazing 13 minute stunt sequence that's all practical effects. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so Max shoots a guy, and there's like a cool flipping shot where mm-hmm. the guy is flipping, and then Max drives through a car. And then we get back to the whole shooting out of tires and one tire is shot out and there's a guy in a motorcycle that's dragged under the truck. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's goons all over the truck. Yeah. And Wes, Wes, the, the Mohawk guy, he's on the back of the, on the back of the cab and he gets tossed basically over the, in the front of the truck and gets tossed in the front and you think he's dead. Yeah. I thought he was done. Sure. But there's a kid, there's a goon that's trying to reach through the window and the, the, the feral kid is trying to chew on his arm and the, the humongous throws a trident into the back of Papagallo. <laughs> Should have pulled um, a thing from Anchorman. Which is what? Where did you get a trident? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, the, the the penis car is still out there. <laughs> But yeah, but he it just kind of just kind of goes off. It's a very unceremoniously death. Where it's just kind of he just gets hit with the trident in the back, and the car just kind of fades off. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah, that, there there's really nothing to that. It's just, well, he's done. Yeah, but the chopper comes in and he fire fire bombs the humongous's car, but then the, the chopper gets shot down with arrows from one of the four the four arrow shooters. Right. And there's there's a shotgun shell on the front of the the hood of the rig, and Max is telling the kid, "Get the shell, get the shell, kid, get the shell." Uh, but yeah, the humongous's vehicle is way way back because he was on fire and he's putting himself up, and Max for some reason turns the truck around completely. Yeah, and but even before, did you see when the feral kid went around and got into like? The, the the cabin of the truck. Okay. He grabs onto the muffler 
the, okay, yeah, 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 I did see that. But the, and I'm like, the that would have burned the fuck out of his hand. Yes, yeah, okay, yeah, I did see that. And but he, Max turns the truck around, and now he's going in the opposite direction that he was going before, and the humongous hits the nitrous on his vehicle. Right. Oh, do you want me to play it again? Yeah. And right as the the feral kid is reaching for the shell... Wes comes up and is like, ah, you know, the scream. Yeah, the Mohawk and... guy comes up from the front. But did you notice the sound that they had during this scene? Mm-mm. Okay, I'm going to do it without saying it. Heartbeat? Yeah, there was a very heartbeat sound to that okay. in this scene. Okay. And the Mohawk guy comes up from the front, and then Max drives through both <laughs> the Mohawk guy and Humongous's vehicle. And yeah, crashes the semi. Just completely. And the, apparently, while this this stunt was happening, it was going 65 miles an hour as it turned over. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what was in the tanker, Matt? Sand. Sand. Not fuel. And I, I, can, I understand, you know, okay, we, we, they want to show that there's no fuel in the tanker. But God damn it, don't put sand in there. Put it in empty. You could have been driving 10 or 15 miles an hour faster. Yeah. And that actually reminded me of this. Just grabbed his million space bucks and ran. He didn't take the million. He didn't? No. He just took 248 space bucks for lunch, gas, and tolls. So basically, Max has been a diversion this whole time. But I don't think he knew he was a diversion. No, he didn't. Yeah. But uh, the feral kid is hurt, and somehow the pilot has survived, but the, the gyrocopter is now basically just a land vehicle now. Right, he's just he's driving it. And uh, the pilot becomes the new leader. Yes. And we, we find out that the feral kid was actually the narrator from the beginning. Right, he becomes the leader later on. But the pilot shows up in Beyond Thunderdome. But the, the the narrator says this about Max. I don't even have a picture of him. He exists now only in my memory. Did the feral kid throw the big blue jewel into the <laughs> ocean? I'm fucking rock hard right now. I'm just playing that clip. <laughs> Worst movie ever. I love that movie. I have. I know you do. I have an autograph poster from oh DiCaprio and oh. Winslet and uh, Cameron. No, it's a fucking great. I I recently rewatched it. It it's a good fucking movie. Do you have the poster hanging up? Yeah, of course I do. I have two Titanic posters hanging in my basement. Okay, is it framed or does it just thumb thumbtacks into your drywall? Uh, both of them are framed. One of them actually has like a museum quality anti-reflective glass on it. Oh, God. Oh, you're the worst. You know that? I have, in my basement, I have three different Titanic things that are framed. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I, that, that, does, that can't rival this, the amount of Star Wars stuff that I have in my basement. 
you know, it, it doesn't rival the number of Star Wars things I have because I have I have two hilts. I have my full sized um, Solo and Carbonite, and somebody has tried to claim that if I die, yes, that's <laughs> fine. Right. That's fine. Okay, I think there's somebody that disagrees with you on that. Well, you know what? I, I picked I've picked you up from the airport many times. So not, not TJ, many times. Not many times. Let's let's not like lie about that, yeah. Doug. TJ can go suck a bag of dicks. All right. So, as it turns out, the feral kid was the narrator. Mm-hmm. And the movie is over. Yes. Fucking awesome. I love this movie. I enjoyed it. I I wouldn't say I loved it. I enjoyed it. It was... Okay. It was... So, here here's the thing. I try to compartmentalize films according to what they are. This film is not trying to be some Shakespearean thing. It's try- not trying to be some, you know, super respectable thing. It is almost an action film. And you look at the amount of dialogue that Mel Gibson had, and that ties into that. And I think it worked well for what it was trying to do. And I enjoyed it. I never having seen it before, I enjoyed it. Well, good. I'm glad. I finally pick one. It's been it's been a long time since I've picked one that you've enjoyed. And I, I didn't love it, um, but I, I, I'm not like – it wasn't at the end of it, fucking Doug, god damn it. <laughs> of course, it's it's also not like Purple Rain where I was like, fucking Matt, god damn it. <laughs> yeah. What did your missus think of it? Uh, I think she was okay with it. Okay. But – Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's not high art, but it is a great action movie. Yeah, and you know when I when I sat down to watch it, for some reason I thought this was a two hour plus movie, and it comes in at a crisp hour and thirty five minutes. Yeah, no, I mean you compare this to to Flashdance or Purple Rain. Yeah, and at the tail end of both of those, Jen was saying, "Dude, Matt straight up sucks." <laughs> so, I'll I'll take this as a win. Okay, yay! I win. All right, I gotta pee. Okay, so so we got a, a special treat here. Oh um, boy, she won't be able to hear what you say because she doesn't have headphones on. But just say what you thought of the Road Warrior. It was better than some of the other ones you guys have picked. It was okay. Okay, see, see basically exactly what I said. So mm-hmm. she was getting ready to go up to bed. So I, I figured I'd pull her in for that, so I wasn't trying to speak in her stead. Eight thirty. It's only 8.30 in Ohio. What is she, like, 78? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) More or less. Grandma Box got to turn in early. Did she go to to the supper club at 4.30 to get to early bird special? (laughs) Yeah, you're going to hear about this, Doug. Oh, good. I hope I do. Because she didn't. I didn't get a Facebook message from her this week. I kind of missed her. Yeah, she. She's, yeah, I, I miss. I miss the old gal. Yeah, yeah, she's probably texting me outside of me knowing. Anyway, we'll just move on. Okay. Watcha, 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 watching. So I am continuing my watch on Netflix of the first season of The Punisher, and it is so good. It is such a good series because. I, you know, I collected the comic book when I was a kid, and the comic book was just nonstop violence and action and 
punishing criminals. And this has so much more to do with uh, family and PTSD uh, and um, revenge. It's There's so many elements to this TV series. It's really, really good. I highly recommend that you watch it, Matt. So he, here's the thing about you recommending stuff, Doug, is you start watching stuff, but you never finish watching anything. And you recommended something to me that I started way after you, and I finished multiple seasons of it <laughs> before you. Is this Counterpart? Yeah, that's one of them. Okay. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, you got to start watching that. I started watching it, and it was just garbage. Like, oh, yeah, it kind of turned shitty later. <laughs> yeah. That's only happened a couple of times. You, you walk shit back, Doug. <laughs> okay. So, um, as, as I mentioned, I, I haven't watched all of it. I watched the first half of Titanic, which is like the the bitch part of Titanic. I've not watched like the male part of Titanic yet. And it is such a good film. It is so incredibly well done. And then um, I've also been watching the Bond films because about three quarters of them are on Netflix or Amazon Prime. I don't remember which one. I think it's Amazon Prime. But um, they're garbage. Honestly, oh, yeah. most of the Bond films, anything before Pierce Brosnan is just shit. They're terrible. Well, okay. So for your eyes only is good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, There's a the, couple here and there, but most of them are garbage. The first Timothy Dalton one is good. Mm-hmm. The first Pierce Brosnan one is good. Gold and then, yeah. And then after that, it's like they're, they become kind of parodies of Don. Bond movies. And I, I do like the um, Daniel Craig ones. Oh, yeah. They're Except for gritty. Quantum Solace is a little bit rough. but uh, I like Quantum of Solace. What was the one that came after that? No, yeah, no. Uh, Quantum Solace was the second one. Yes, I like that one was okay. Then the one after that um, where they go back to his childhood home. What's the name of it? <sighs> I don't know. Spectre is the last one. Yeah, which is not that great. It was, but, it was the one before Spectre. Um, I can't remember what it is it's off the top really, of my head. Really, really good. Really good. Yeah. And then I also watched uh Live Free or Die Hard. <laughs> okay. And it's surprisingly decent. Um, which one is wait, which one is that? That's Die Hard Four. Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. Okay. And then um I've watched the first three and a half episodes of the fourth season of The Crown. Okay, haven't watched a single second of that. It is interesting. I mean, depending on how you feel about the British monarchy. I could give two shits. Exactly. That's how I feel, and it actually emboldens that a little bit. Okay. And it's also, um, it'll be interesting how, because the first two seasons was with one cast. The uh, three and four were the second cast, and five and six are going to be with the final cast. As they've moved from... The queen as a child to the queen as, like, the old bag she is now. And it'll be interesting to see if they actually touch on the fact that someone in the royal family was absolutely fucking little girls on Epstein's Island. Okay. I don't understand the fascination with the royal family. Oh, I don't either. It's almost kind of like the same fascination. Well, Well, okay, let me put it to you this way. Anybody who's listening to this podcast that has a young son, tell them this. On the first date that you go out with a woman, ask have them ask 
her what her sign is. And if she starts talking about what her sign is and how important it is, teach them to get up and walk away. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Say more. That's that's about it. Because anybody who's interested in in astrology, what a complete waste of time. See, I thought you were going to go and do a Kardashian thing there. Well, that too. Yeah. If anybody, yeah, ask a woman. Oh, do you watch the Kardashians? Which by the by the time my boys get into dating age. Nobody will even know who the Kardashians are. No, porn doesn't go away, man. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. But um, I'm watching this movie on Netflix called Ghosts of War. It's a World War II horror movie. And I think it, I, I'm only about 15 or 20 minutes into it, but I think it kind of falls into that same vein as Overlord. But it's I'm finding it's almost like a high-class YouTube movie. Okay. With decent special effects. And then I'm all... And speaking of YouTube, I've been watching these these bushcraft videos, which basically bushcraft is a... People who do bushcraft, they go out into the woods with minimal items and create shelters and other things. And there's this one guy that he creates like these 23, 25 minute videos where he, there's, it's just music, like an acoustic guitar, there's no dialogue, and it's just him and his dog out in the woods creating shelters and building fire. And like every five minutes, there'll just be a cutaway of him playing with his dog. And they're awesome. They're just very relaxing and very, uh, just, it kind of takes you to a different place. And, and they're fun to watch. See, I, I've watched a ton of bushcraft videos as well. Oh, yes, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but mine are more about, okay, I'm going to cut it into the shape of a Christmas tree. <laughs> <laughs> or a landing strip. Yeah, or there you go. Or a mustache. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, but that's that's about all I've been watching. Okay, so uh, is it? Question. It's okay. a question. It is a question. Doug's got a question for man. The original. Uh, we'll see. Got a question for man. <laughs> I don't know. How's he going to answer it? I don't know. How's he going to answer it? I don't know. Let's find out. Let's find out. No, it's not the original. (laughs) There we go. All right. So everybody's got a bucket list. And you have items. You have items on your bucket list. Right. Do you have a fuck it list? Okay, say more. Something that you should have done in your life or have wanted to do in your life, but you haven't, and now you've just kind of been like, well, I'm old, fuck it, I'm never going to do it. Uh, no. And I, I think, it, and the reason I say that is because there's nothing that's on that list that I feel is still out of my ability to do. And I mean, I could go through the the laundry list of what my bucket list is, and some of them I have to wait till Jen dies, um, and I understand that, and then pay a thousand dollars to hookers. But that's a whole other story. But there's nothing that I want to do that I haven't done that I feel I'm too old to do now. Okay. What about you? You know, I've never played chess. Okay, that does not surprise me. At what? Because I'm not smart. Because I'm not good. <laughs> Fuck you. Because <laughs> I don't have my Mensa certificate 
in an eight by ten plaque Walmart Walmart plaque on my wall like you do. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but it's I've just you know I've never really I've played other strategy games before. Stratego. Uh, Axis and Allies. A little okay. bit of Stratego. What's the uh, one that makes you hate people? It's it's a uh, it's like a betrayal game. It's like Axis and Allies, but it's like it's all about partnerships, and it's like people's friendships have been ruined over this game. I'm not sure. I'm not, I'm you not play sure. it up at the Shangri La. That was that would be Axis and Allies. No, it wasn't Axis and Allies. It was, it was very similar to that. I don't know if we've ever played another game up at the Shangri La other than Axis and Allies. So game that. Ends friendships. <laughs> so, so last week, uh, one of the things I, I've tried to remember to do is the whole idea of returning the ball. When you ask me a question, I should turn around and ask you in kind the questions to you. Okay. So, um, do you have a name for any of your misses, private parts, or <laughs> or yourself? No, I do not. So no, you, you don't have a no, name for your dick. I don't have a name for my dick. No, I don't. Isn't that sad? Seriously? Yeah, I'm serious. I don't have a name. I don't. I don't have a name for John Thompson. <laughs> oh God, what was the governor's name? Tommy uh, Thompson. There you go. I'm gonna name my dick Tommy Thompson. I'm gonna Tommy rename Tom- it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, I. I don't. I, it's and I don't have a name for. Uh, my women's bits and pieces, nor does she have a name for mine. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I, you know what? I think she has said, "You've got good bits and pieces." So, bits I, and pieces. I think she told me she just refers to it as the disappointment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would that, that would make sense as well. I'm so excited, and I just can't hide it. See, now, if you go back to listen to other podcasts, we always do listener reaction roundup before we do next week's movie. That's not what it is in, like, the roundup I or the, the lineup I use every week. Oh, well, that's, I, I think you're wrong. I could be. I mean, I can change it, but you want to do, you want to do listener re- reaction no, roundup? No, let's, 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 let's do next week's movie. So, last week you had said... um. A sci-fi comedy. And right. I threw out there, I'm like, Spaceballs. And you're like, don't guess, man. Yeah. I'm like, sorry. Sorry. So I, I came up with some ideas as to what I thought it might be. Okay. Okay. There's, I believe, three. Okay. Okay. Ghostbusters. <coughs> Weird Science. <coughs> Bill and Ted's. <coughs> that I, I'm at a loss. Okay. How many links do you think it took me to get to my movie? Well, considering of what we had to work with, I would say you need everything. One direct link. Wow. Okay. In Mad Max, Vernon Wells plays Wes. Okay. He plays Mr. Ego in next week's 1987 sci-fi comedy. <sighs> Mr. Ego. And if you can't get that, I have one that's going through, like, the main actors. Okay. In Mad Max, Mel Gibson plays Max. Okay. In Lethal Weapon, he plays Riggs. Yes. In Lethal Weapon, Danny Glover plays Murtaugh. Okay. 
Glover is in 1997's Switchback as Bob Goodall. That's a good movie. Dennis Quaid is in Switchback as Frank LaCrosse. Okay. Quaid stars as Tuck Pendleton in next week's movie. Oh, oh, we're doing Inner Space! Yeah, I love that movie. Okay, so finally you're not going to fucking bitch about a movie. (laughs) Oh, oh, I love Inner Space. I have not seen it in a long time, but I remember really, really liking that film. Yeah, have you started watching it at all yet? I pulled it up, but no, I have not started watching it. Okay, all right. Yeah, I like I love I love Inner Space. I remember seeing it as a kid and really I, enjoying it. I'm actually very happy that you're excited because it's nice to not have to listen to you bitch for a <laughs> Okay, so that being said, do you have a guess? I know Inner Space is gonna throw a wrench oh, into yeah. things. Because you have Wall Street, you have the color of money, you have flash dance. You have all these movies that were big box office hits. And now you have Interspace, which was not. So, do you have a guess as no, to I, what... It's, I, it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. All I know is my movie after this, you're probably not going to be thrilled with. <laughs> no, Jen actually... Jen knows what the theme is. Okay. And she said, yeah, there's no fucking way Doug's going to get it. Yeah, no, I, I'm, like I said, I've gone through IMDb and have tried connecting the dots here and there. And it's going to be, it's it's something that only you know. No, you are going deep. You need to go surface. You are going way too deep. It is such a surface level connection. And that is all I will say. Okay. Okay, so now it is time for... Howdy, partners. Now it's time for Listener Reaction Roundup. Yeehaw! You know, it's been like 15 episodes since we were under two hours. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I was actually, I was pulling some stats today, and it, the last one that we did was, that was under two hours was like episode 15, I think, and this is episode 32. <laughs> That's crazy that we've been doing this. Do you remember in the first episode where I said, I hope we're doing this and we're doing episode 50. And you're like, yeah, okay, we'll see. (laughs) My goal is to get to 100, then 200, then I'm out. (laughs) Okay. I had a dream a couple of weeks ago that you said, that you told me, yeah, after this season, I'm pulling the plug. No, I, I think you could go on without me. It would suck, but I mean, I think you could go on without me. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Betamax Rewind with Doug. <laughs> there you go. No, yeah. Do you ever do the, the vanity Google search on Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug? No, I do not. I have not. It's fun. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, it's it's out there. That That's the thing. It's like we have no listeners, but it's out there. I mean, really? it, there's a lot of places that it's there. Okay. All right. All right, so I, the only thing I've got is we've got a new Apple review. So we have nine whole ratings, and they are all nine of them are five stars out of five stars. Woohoo! Okay. But uh, this one is from Sean61675, and I suspect that this is friend of show Sean. Sean Connery currently sits at negative $3,000. And your mother currently sits on my face, Trebek. <laughs> And he says, yeah, he says, the highlight of my week, 
LOL. Okay, that would be sad, but I love the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm so happy friend of show Joey let me know about it. Not to like. Custard, good. Jam, good. Meat, good. Yeah, so that's all I got. Yeah. That's it. I got nothing. Okay, yeah, we're we're not loved. (laughs) (laughs) No, Jen said this is her week off from commenting, so. All right, that's fine. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. It's too busy checking my phone. Anyway, uh-huh. uh, close us out, Doug. Hey, everybody. We really appreciate everybody who's listening, listening. We realize that there's a lot of stuff out there for your ears. And you have no idea how much we feel the love when you take the time to take a couple hours out of your busy week to listen to us fuck nuts. <laughs> uh, so, you know, go, go to Apple, subscribe, because subs- subscribing really helps. Rate and review us. Send us a nice message. Uh, it helps with the algorithmic overlords. I got it right again, didn't I? Yeah, I think it actually did. Uh, wait, 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 I didn't hear it. What was that? Algorithmic. Okay. Yeah. Hey, I got the bell. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, you know, we love hearing feedback. And we guarantee that if you send us feedback, we will read it. Because I mean, we have like, none. <laughs> we have none. We're like dying for feedback. It's, it, it, you know, we need to be reassured like most men that we're doing things okay. But yeah, you can find us at uh, on Facebook at Betamax Rewind with Matt and Doug. Or you can send us a kind, gentle, loving email to BetamaxRewind at Yahoo.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We love you all. And we will talk to you next week where we are talking about 1987. Oh, wait, I don't have 19, yeah, 1987. 1987's Inner Space. Inner Space. I'm so geeked out. I'm jizzing in my pants. I jizz in my pants. Later. <laughs> See ya. Yeah, yeah, we, we completely forgot something. So we're going to bring this back up. Go ahead, Doug. So one of the other things that in my in my trip down YouTube is I found a deep fake of a clip from a movie that is hilarious and the deep fake is Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone see if you can guess what it is Favorite non-pornographic magazine to masturbate to Good housekeeping If you're a chick who's the one guy you'd sleep with John, John Stamos, Stamos. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. <laughs> okay. Before we say goodbye, which we're just about to do, I have to share something here. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the day, and this is probably 87, 88. So, you know, masturbatory material was not readily available necessarily. Unless and, you had ditch porn. Yeah. Unless you had ditch porn. But... Do you remember a instance where you used like non-traditional masturbatory material to jerk off to? Oh yeah, JC Penny's Christmas catalog in the bra section. <laughs> okay. I can beat that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I remember there was a sweater section where what sweaters are hot this year oh, with, God. with with Joanna Kearns from Growing Pains in Red Book. <laughs> oh she well she was hot, man. Joanna Kearns? She was smoking. Oh, yeah. And I ruined that magazine. (laughs) (laughs) But we will see you next week. All right. See you.